You are listening to the iFanboy All Media Year and Roundup, sponsored by InStock Trades. About the break of day. They call me back door Santa. I make my runs about the break of day. Oh, oh, oh. I make all the little girls happy while the boys are out to play. Hello, and welcome to iFanboy.com's 2010 All Media Year in Roundup. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. And Josh Flanagan. Good sir. We are iFanboy.com, and we like comics. Usually we talk about the week's new comics on, on our show, but every once in a while we like to talk about movies and TV and film and all kinds we of... We have other interests. Yeah. That's, the, that's, our, that's our cross to bear. I am not, I am not one-dimensional. I, I'm not just just comics. We are well-rounded individuals. individuals yes. Did you know I can weld? Uh, you can arc weld? Uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're one step closer to the A-team. So, you're right. Awesome, yeah. because I put we that fan together. We need an arc welder. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to be meaner. I worked on Junkyard Wars. That's where oh, I right. went weld. Yeah. So as we've been doing every year since 2006, we'd like to take one show at the end of the year to talk about TV and film stuff. So comics will be back in the new year, but for right yes. now, it's the all-media show. So after this show, there will be no show next week, and then one back in the new year. Right. Okay. Comics will be back in January. That's the most important thing. That's like my no-show yes. job down at the plant. Yeah, we're going to talk about comics a little bit at the end of the, the show. No-show welding job? Yeah, no-show welding job. <laughs> I'm in the so, union. So before we get started, hands just are so soft. a quick reminder and a warning. This is going to be a show we talk about movies and stuff we've seen, so there might be spoilers. Or we're not oh, there will be spoilers. Yeah, most likely there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen something, you're waiting to see it on Netflix or something, <laughs> pause the show and come back. Use the sh- Utilize the show notes is what, is what we're saying. Yes. So Josh is going to kick us off with the biggest film of the year, the highest grossing film of the year. Toy Story 3, a, a meeting of commercial and critical success. Uh, a movie that, that was almost not a Pixar movie. At one point it was just going to be the first Disney movie that didn't have Pixar involved. Well, and be honest, when you saw the solicit for Toy Story 3, you're like, oh, back to the... Yeah, really? Another one? You know what? Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, the, you know what, though? The Pixar doesn't really let you down that much. Even yeah. the ones that you don't like that much are still pretty good. The I, worst one is like a B plus. Yeah, I like how they I like how they kept the like the years like yeah. it aged appropriately. Like, right, right, Toy Story right. One came out fifteen years ago. Right. So now the kids go to college, and that yeah. made sense. Yeah. So that's um, kind of cool. I mean, the thing that really surprised me more about anything of this was it was dark. Yeah. I mean, that, we, it was intense. We oh, talked man. about the, the flaming hell mouth at the end, and then all oh, the characters the, the, accepting the, ex- their the holding hands and accepting right. de- their fate. And uh, that was the, so cool. Oh man, that was brutal. I can't imagine a little kid's reaction to that. The, yeah, the last the, the last act of that film. That creepy baby. Lots creepy of hugging baby. bears. He was yeah. an evil bear. He's lots like, I'm, bear. I'm with lots, you. Lots of hugs. Lots of hugging. Yeah, lots, lots of, of hugs. Yeah, yeah, he betrayed them. Yeah, and then baby. By the way, you got a pretty mouth. I mean, that's the person they chose for that. Oh man, the Return of the Jedi homage. Kid, little kids are evil. Yeah. That's basically yeah. what, what it was. Yeah. And oh, you've been around a lot of. You've been to a daycare like. Thing? Oh, oh, that dude. was that was very realistic. I know kids are evil. Yeah. <laughs> no, just, yeah. You know, but it was uh, it was a good movie. I made Connor cry twice. I saw it twice and I cried both times. Both times at the end when the kid, Andy gives away the toys to the That's little girl. That's like the end of, yeah. of a Christmas Carol. What I'm talking about. I mean, it's the end of yeah. childhood. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's it giving, is. Yeah. He's packed up his toys and he's moving on. It was an appropriate end. It was. It was a very appropriate end, but. Wow, just emotional when he when she's got all the toys in her arms and he's about to drive away and she has Woody wave to him and 
he gets a choke in his throat because his, his childhood is waving goodbye. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Oof. And I like He's... how they're they're able to weave in new characters to the classic grouping. Like we got a whole. Ken bunch of was different... great. I love yeah, Michael Ken Keaton. Was, yeah, Michael Keaton was good, and the the uh, the method acting toys were good, yes. and that was. I mean, yeah, it was the, the, the improvs. It, it was, was fun. The, it's the, a funny movie. The tortilla scene was very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Very inventive yeah. use. Of, yeah. yeah, play on. I actually really liked the, my favorite sequence was the the break, the prison escape. Yeah, where mm-hmm. they went, you know, they got out of their jail cells and they made it all the way out to the wall. That was my They're just like Pixar's so good. Yeah, good stuff. But Especially toy, the Toy Story films. I mean, they're just their flagships. Yeah. And they're the really I saw it in 3D. Did luckily, you see it in 3D? Tom, yeah. luckily, Tom Hanks and uh, Tim Allen haven't gotten old man voice yet. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That'll mess things up. It sound like it's like listening to the Beatles sing now. I didn't, think the, I didn't think the 3D was as impressive as with Up. It didn't have to be a well, 3D. Up wasn't made to be a 3D movie. Right, but I thought the way they converted it was really clever. You know what? I, yeah. I, for me, 3D, 3D is very rarely a selling point. With yeah. this one, given the chance, I would have not gone to 3D, but. Well, it's like ever since Up and Avatar, I, and we're going to talk about 3D a lot. I didn't see Up in, in 3D. But, oh, okay, so I saw Up in 3D, and, and it was like, kind of like how Avatar was a depth of field 3D, mm-hmm. where like the balloons were, and the thing was flying, but like you felt the distance. Yeah. Like, as opposed to, there are two ways to go to 3D the big weapon coming at you, mm-hmm. or the sense of depth yeah. of going away from you right. and that's what Up and Avatar did really well and so I didn't, but I didn't see it in Toy Story I, like, I, I yeah. can care less exactly you know. yeah. Yeah. and the other side of the coin Ron your, your next picture it's not a Pixar production no, not a Pixar in fact it's not even uh, fictional it's a, it's a documentary uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop maybe uh, it's not fictional maybe yeah who knows but, so Exit Through the Gift Shop uh, I was very excited to see and I was, I was sold on it by, it was supposed to be a documentary about the uh, street artist Banksy who is a bit of you know in two thousands a bit of bit of an art sensation, you know done street art and exhibitions in in the UK, in London and Israel and LA. His identity is a mystery. Nobody really knows who he is. His stuff is very you know very unique, very evocative, very kind of uh, critiquing of culture and politics and things like that. So this documentary is coming out, so I was really curious about it. And much like a lot of his work, which sometimes is like a fake out, the documentary wasn't about him. It was about the dude who, this French dude who lived in L.A., who became fascinated with street artists uh, and was videotaping them, starting with Shepard Ferry back in like early 2000s, all the way up to, in, up to now, and to the point where he decides to become a street artist himself, and then it profiles his insane attempt at a, at a Banksy-esque uh, uh, art installation in LA. Uh, go, go, he goes by the name Mr. Brainwash, and I'm not totally convinced he's actually creating his art. I think that it, this might be part of uh, Andy Kaufman esque performance, performance art, art on real, Banksy, orchestrated by Banksy, but we'll never know. You'll never know, and that's we'll cool. Never, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I was so excited that the same day this came out on video was the day they put it on Netflix streaming, so yeah. you have to watch it. You know, yeah. Well, not right away. And it's time. and the thing is, it's a really well. It's it, like what's really funny is that there's a point in the movie where it turns because the whole idea was that this dude's been videotaping them for years, and he's got and they show it in the movie. He's got, he, he, no, he's got bo- <laughs> he's got boxes and boxes of tapes. And he's explaining, I've got all this stuff. And Banksy goes, great, well, I'll fund it. Why don't you cut it together and make a documentary? And to hear Banksy say, he's like, and what he delivered... I don't know what that was. Like it was like <laughs> it was awful, and so that that's when then the movie turned, uh-huh. and they said, "Okay, we're taking the footage away from you, and it's going to now be about." And it just it didn't see it coming at all, and it was just like a really well, really well done documentary. Like the team that put it together, great editing, great use. Of, like there's a clear narrative, and it, oh, it was, I love when you go to a film or something and you don't know for sure. Yeah, you come out of it. Oh, totally, it totally surprised you, and yeah. didn't, you know, didn't expect half the things that happened in it that well, happened in it. So. Well, that was the same thing with Inception. Actually, when I went yep. to see it, yep. I didn't know what it was. That yeah. trailer didn't tell me a damn thing. Oh yeah, no, I didn't even want to see Inception. Like, yeah. like when I went to see it because yeah. I was like, oh, it's really good, so right. I, that's why. I, I got dragged to it by my friend at like a 10 a.m. IMAX mm-hmm. showing on the opening weekend, and I was like, oh, that's that Leonardo movie where like the where the city flips over. Yeah. I was like, you know, I was, and I knew it was Nolan, but I'm like, oh, I don't really care for mm-hmm. it. 
I boy was I wrong. Well, another. I mean, we're talking Toy Story earlier. Another huge success box office wise, and a huge success critically. I'm more yeah. surprised of a big success though. Like, yes, I was, Toy I Story. You could have predicted. I didn't. Yeah. No, I don't think anybody saw this coming from Inception. No. It it was a film that seemed to capture everyone's imagination because people came back and back and saw it again and again and again to yeah. figure out to figure out the central tenet of the movie, which was. Was he dreaming or was he awake? Right. Well, I think well, that there was no, sno- no smoke monster, so that helped. <laughs> so, what do you think? Was he dreaming or was he awake? I, I, you know what? I'm not one of the people who put a lot of thought into it. Like I saw. What was your gut though? What was your gut? Well, you, it, you, you walked out of it. Ended you on a way you're supposed to think about it. I, you know what's out. funny is that I, a lot of people start thinking about it in terms of what the story was. I was like, what were they trying to tell us? And I think what they were trying to tell us was, it's kind of up to you. Yeah. What yeah, you true. take it, what you bring into it, like yeah. you could interpret it either way. Yeah. So for me, trying to figure out what the truth is, there is no truth. There may yeah. be something in Nolan's mind, but it's you can build anything you well, want. Well, there were so many different layers to it. I mean, there was the there was mm-hmm. the, the story itself. Then there was the whole. Uh, it represents making a movie. Mm-hmm. The, the different uh, the team members, you it, know, and it, it and works as a very good metaphor. Yeah. And that's the good, again best kind of film is where you can go in and you get yeah, so much yeah. out of it. Everybody can get their own thing out of it. And yeah. no one, no one has his vision of the movie. Mine is different than his and yours. Mm-hmm. And everyone's he was, he was dreaming. And I thought Tom Hardy was Tom, great. And Tom thought, Hardy was great. He was the breakout of that. I like I like Leonardo. I know you guys don't like mm-hmm. him as much, but I like him. Yeah. I thought he was really good in it. And it was He's, he just is pain now. That's um, his only thing. The only cri- the only criticism was El- the whole Ellen Page, like the like the using her as the narrator. Not as the narrator, but as the what's the what's that word? Uh, exposition. That's what a narrator. Right. Is. No, but like using using her as a device to yeah. tell how right. everything does. It was, it was She's a, a Kitty Pride. Yeah, exactly. Pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And yeah. she was Kitty Pride. Oh, wasn't she? She? Yeah, she was Kitty Pride. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. I know. So. Was she? Yeah, yeah, she was. Really? Yeah, I said. Yeah, in yeah, three, she was. Yeah, I didn't remember her talking and being so annoying in that movie. Ouch. And again, I don't remember that. Now, Josh, I was really bummed that I didn't get to see the town yet. You should. I'm shocked you didn't see it. You should have been bummed. Last year we talked about it on the All Media Show. More and more, it's all about Netflix for me and not getting to the theater as much as. I'd like to, uh, just for various reasons, but I, The Town is a film I wanted to get to see, but I never got I to. didn't have a lot of time to get out and see movies this year, yeah. and that was one of the ones that the I was last like, man I, standing. I really want to go see that movie, and, I, and I'm so glad I got a chance to. I, I love the career arc of, of Ben Affleck from uh, really abysmally horrible acting in something like Chasing Amy. Yeah. Uh, well, years ago. I, I mean, but, so, yeah. but seriously, yeah. then he gets his teeth fixed and he became a big action star. Indie darling to Oscar right. winner to action star to joke to... Celebrated director, yeah, a tour. A tour. He is. Yeah. And, it is an uh, arc unlike any other in Hollywood. You know, you can you can say a lot of things about it. it's easy for him to do a bunch of movies in Boston, but the fact is, it felt really authentic because of that. The people felt real. He used people. You know, the same thing that he did in um, what was the last one? Run, Gone Baby, Gone, Run, Run, yeah. Run, Baby, Run. Run. <laughs> um, no, that's like, Run, Fat Boy, Run. Like there were real people in that movie yes. who were scary ass Boston Crimin- thugs. Criminals, yeah, yeah, and and it worked really well like that. He shot it. You know, in in Charlestown, Charleston. and and he had a great, great, great cast, uh, no doubt. And uh, you know, he was actually really good in it because he's doing. The, he doesn't have a ton of range, I don't think. Yeah. When he does his thing, where he's charming, uh, great in a tracksuit. Yeah, but was, no, that's that's authentic. That's I know. That was Don Draper. Uh, he was, he was really good. good too. He was good. Yeah. Um, oh, Don Draper. Yeah, I know. He yeah, makes everything better. Yeah. He, well, no. Well, did you <laughs> see that Keanu movie? Day the Earth Should Still Remake. Oh, he was in that. Yeah, yeah. that oh, was like wow. his first big movie after Mad Men. Yikes! Yeah, it was a piece of crap. I mean, he was in it. He was in it for like two minutes. Yeah, but um, really good. So glad I'm really I got bummed. to see it. You'll you'll love it. I have no doubt. Yeah. One movie that I was really kind of anticipating because I'm a big fan of Russell Brand was Get Him to the Greek. And unlike you guys, I got made out to the movies a lot because I've got a spoiled uh, 
movie theater that no kids don't go to, so it makes it a lot uh, easier. That's the key. I'm telling you, the Kabuki in San Francisco, like it's Harry yeah. Potter was yeah. full of kids under ten, and it was uh, not a good idea because yeah. that's a movie with no action. I went at ten thirty at night. Uh, uh, but anyway, but uh, get him to the Greek starring Russell Brand. This was the pseudo sequel to Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Not really a se- it was spin-off. Uh, well, for, kind uh, of is. I mean, well, Sarah Marshall's in it. And, yeah, uh, I know, but it's not. But it's not a sequel to that. It's not, it's, not it's, not Jason, no. it's, it's not Jason. It's not Jason Segel. Like forgetting no. Sarah Marshall is about Jason Segel. Spin off of. Okay. This spin-off, is a spin-off, spin-off yeah. of Spare. So it's like Laverne and Shirley to Happy Days. Sure. And focusing on uh, Russell Brand's character of Aldous Snow as he um, is being brought out of retirement to go play an anniversary concert in L.A. of his album, and Jonah Hill is tasked to go get him from London and bring him to L.A. and and it's the zany three days uh, of you know kind of road trip movie. Yeah. I was I honestly was disappointed by it. I thought it could have been a lot better. It, it part of it is that and Connor, you made this note is that it was it came out two years too late. Yeah, like the, the the joke had faded, and for me there was just way too much Puff Daddy and way too much like kind of music business kind of you know masturbating for my like they didn't focus on what makes Russell Brand and that character so good, mm. which was the you know the over sexualized the rock star persona. All that sort of stuff, and the Jonah Hill stuff just didn't sell it for me. And well, I don't know, I was saying, you know, I, I like, really, really, I really wanted it to be good. See, I didn't. I yeah. thought it was going to be sucky, so I actually yeah. enjoyed it yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I don't really, I'm not all that won over by Russell Brand, yeah. and I was actually getting kind of tired of uh, Jonah Hill. But he played a different kind of energy in this one, which yeah. I kind of enjoyed. I thought, um, what's her name? I'm going to call her Zoe Bartlett for the rest of my life. <laughs> So uh, you mean, she was uh, great. You mean Mad Men again? Yeah. Peggy? Peggy? Yeah, exactly. See, no one knows her actual name. Yeah, it's no, been a long time. Just right on Lucy Davis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I, I like that. I thought... I thought Sean Combs. I'm calling him Sean Combs. That's I think what he he's. Called. I think he's. I thought he was funny. Dirty uh, Diddy now, something like that. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> it was. I think it was funny. It wasn't as funny as not as funny as Hot Tub Time Machine, which I totally agree. Which with was comedy the comedy of the, year. of the year. Comedy of the year, hands down. Hands <laughs> we down. all agree on this. Yes. It was fantastic. I, I started watching it. And I was like, yeah. oh, this no, is fantastic. But I think. That we might be. We gotta be that age range. If you're we're, younger we're, than us, we're a direct hit. We're a direct hit to that. We're age. almost too young because it, it really. Uh, no, but, but we, grew, that, we grew up on Better Off Dead and movies like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's true. But yeah. we were part of that culture. But like, if you we're, were a the teenager, we're on the cusp. when Motley Crue was really big, yeah. we're a little after that. You know, we're, we're, we were young, like uh, Cordry, Billy Zapka. I mean, we were right in there. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're on, but we're on the cusp. We're on the You know, we talk about this a lot about with comedies how often they're like a half an hour too long, and there's always that lull. Yeah. There was no low on the time machine. It was perfect. Crispin Glover and stole the show. <laughs> and stole the, the show. The, the, just the in, in uh, not intention, but the the the, wait, he- the, the hesitation. You're like, oh, it's gonna happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, oh. and Rob Corddry calling it out, like, yeah. oh, it's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 he was fantastic. Uh, yeah. He was really. Cusack funny. was great in yeah, it. Everyone was. The other guy from the office was Craig Robinson. Yeah. Was, yeah. Craig was Robinson wonderful. Was Clark Duke was good. Clark Duke, I mean, everyone. Yeah, I mean, everyone. I mean, that movie was perfect. I mean, it was the best comedy of the year. I was so happy. I think immediately after watching, guys. Email you guys like that was fucking awesome. Yeah, like, my, my wife and I watched it, and he, we had fun watching it the whole way through. It was like a really, what a good, what a fun movie that yeah. I don't think anyone saw. I, I don't think it did. Yeah, all it that. did okay, it but did not right. you yeah. know, not blockbuster, yeah. not not wedding crashers certainly. Yeah, but right. uh, it, was, it was good. It was so funny. Yeah, yeah. I time travel movie. Yeah, yeah, very good. Chevy Chase too. One something that I had watched very recently was How to Train Your Dragon, um, which was a just one. Of, I think it's a DreamWorks. Just one of yep. those. They take a bunch of celebrities and put them in and put the voices. And normally I don't bother with those because they're not that good. Um, but I'd heard a bunch of times that this one was great and it was really fun. Uh, I think it's based on a book. I don't really know. I heard a lot about this. Is one I heard. I got yeah. a cue because I've heard a lot it about it. It was fun. Uh, Jay Barakel and Gerard Butler. They're like Vikings. 
they're all Scottish except for Jay Burrico. <laughs> and it's it's like a tolerance movie. You know, they all got a lesson to it. And it was that this whole society is about taking out and killing the dragons. And then they find out that, wait, they're not that bad. And here's the reason. But it was just fun. It was kind of adventure and swashbuckly. Another one of those that I was here's, watching that. I was like, this will be a lot of fun to watch with my kids someday. Here's the problem with tolerance movies. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you end up with Rain of Fire. You let, you let those dragons go like they're no big problem. Yeah. Eventually, they're going to burn the world, well, and you're going to end up with Matthew McConaughey jumping into their mouth, holding yeah. a giant axe. If only Matthew McConaughey had gotten to know one of them, <laughs> is what I'm saying. That's the lesson. That's uh, the lesson great character design, really yep. good. I, I, I don't know. I've got a thing for like things with swords and shields and axes. Like I like sure. that that kind yeah. of stuff. Really, really fun. So, um, so really, the only only comic book movie to make it on this list. Well, that's also because we did but, show for each one already. Well, yeah, we did a show for you, but I wanted to highlight it again because after getting it on Blu-ray and watching it at home, Scott Pilgrim was really good. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Scott Pilgrim versus the world was like it, as an Edgar Wright movie. Uh-huh. It's really good. I mean, oh, like I, I only saw it twice in the theater, mm-hmm. and well, no, no, I thought, <laughs> no, because I, I would have thought I would have seen it more. You yeah. know what yeah, I mean? I, I saw it twice as well. Yeah, yeah. I, saw it to, I saw it twice in the theater. And like it faded away, and then I got the DVD recently mm-hmm. and put it in, and wa- and like it was the kind of thing where I'm like I'll just watch one scene, and mm-hmm. I watched the entire movie. Yeah, and like that's to me that's a sign of a good movie. And like was, I caught things that I missed, and yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah, I mean it was, it was really good. The first time I saw it, we were with that crowd. Yep. And so you know in San Diego, so they were really into it, and that can kind of that can skew you. Seeing I mean, seeing it with a regular crowd was an interesting experience because yeah. they didn't quite love it as much as yeah. the crowd did at Comic Con. But clearly. watching it at home, like, like yeah. That's a brilliant movie. It, yeah, it's it really, really well done. It's really solid. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, great casting, still great jokes. Really, really fun stuff. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to highlight that here. Nega so. Scott. Yeah, that was great. He's a great guy. Yeah, <laughs> we get brunch next week. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that might be the best. Yeah. Now, to me, the movie-going experience of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Not the film of the year, but the movie-going experience of the year was Step Up 3D when Ron and I saw it together. That was fantastic. We went and saw it. Josh bailed. He wouldn't go. He's too good for I us. I like to make this point every time. Yep. We went ironically. Yes, we because did. Because the trailer was so over the top. The we trailer thought, just cracked us up. And we walk in the theater, and we're pretty much the only ones there, ironically. Well, Everyone, for a moment, for a short while, we were the only ones there, ironically. The, the, we went to see it in Manhattan yep. uh, on the west side. And so we're sitting there, and we're just like... And at one point, we were like, oh, I hope... Like, we're going to get killed. We're going to get killed. And then luckily, a, a, another couple came and... and because uh, <laughs> we're the first couple? Well, no. Are we yeah, dating them? Yeah, we went, Not the first time. No, we've gone shopping for pants but, together. But there was there was a couple who actually sat next to us, and they were there to see it ironically as well. Yeah. So it was kind of a sigh of relief. Okay, we're not the only ones. That having been said, I really enjoyed it. It was like hysterical. it was so it was, much fun. Yeah, I had a good a time fun. watching it. Yes. The 3D effects were fun because the dancing got right yeah. in your face. There, there was that that one water dance scene was, was really was well great. Done. Yeah, but then you had the then you had the Slurpee, uh, <laughs> the drops, yeah, the droplets in 3D, which was just like, oh god, we got to use this 3D budget. Isn't that movie basically all about hot lady belly? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Ron was like, I don't know, but then yes, hot lady belly, hot lady belly, and a main character who looks like our friend Hank. Yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. But it was fun. It was a total blast. Now afterwards, you two guys went dancing, though, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah exactly. Joined, he, joined Ron was all about doing the robot, yep, right? Yep. <laughs> Pop and lock. That guy was freaking the robot guy. His head. How do you move his head? Anyway, but um, it was a really fun time with the movies. Yeah. Like I, I laughed hard during that yeah. during that time. So that yeah. was fun. Now another three D movie that I didn't get to see was Piranha Three D. This which Josh loved. This was the movie going experience of the year. Is yeah, what it was. Was it? Yeah. Did you go? No, I didn't. I saw the trailer and for a moment I was like, oh, it could be fun, but then I just never. I missed it. It like, was I so blinked. much fun. Hey, yeah. this is one of those. Movies I was absent that, that day. It was this is one of those movies that couldn't be too long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, like if it was a minute longer, you would have been like, oh god. 
But uh, a lot of Jaws jokes. Right? Yes, there was Richard Dreyfus was in it, yeah. basically playing Matt Hooper. He got killed right away. Yeah. Um, and Spoiler. then after that, it was just goofy. Christopher Lloyd had a wonderful cameo in it, where oh, he nice. played crazy scientist guy. Yeah. Lots of blood and killing. Lots and, of nudity. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess there was. Yeah. I mean, that, like in the. Was it, that it was girls got it sort of reveled thing. in that yeah. whole. It thing. did. They were yeah. sort of exploitative about it. Um, what's his name? Fat kid from Stand by Me. That's I don't know anyone's actual name anymore. O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell as yeah, yeah. the sort of um, yeah. girls gone wild head, really over the top through the whole thing. And uh, Elizabeth Shue, who was actually like she's like a really good actor. Yeah. And so she grounded Oscar it a little winning, bit. Oscar, Oscar winning actress Elizabeth, Elizabeth Shue. Shue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had such a crush on her like 15 years. It was ago. it was it was a yeah. totally fun movie. I don't know if it would be as much fun at home, but watching it in the theater with friends and, and in 3D. That's yeah. a that's a movie experience. That's like yeah. that's like uh, Grindhouse. Ving Rhames was in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not that much to do. It's similar. Similar to a movie that did get cut, though, but I saw Machete, uh-huh. which was based out of the Grindhouse thing, which was like yeah. with a bunch of friends and we're cracking up, and yeah. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't yeah. like. I don't think it would be that yeah. much fun to watch it, you know, on yeah. DVD and Netflix at home. Well, but Machete was really fun. I was so excited to go. I was, I was like, I'm going to see this before it's out of theaters because yeah. there's no other. And it was a movie that loved Jaws, by yeah. the way. So that was great. Nice. It was so much fun. Yeah, cool. So the mo- probably the most recent movie of of the season, and we're gonna, you know, unfortunately, movies are coming out around Christmas. Timing is rough, and so I haven't seen Black Swan yet. You guys. Haven't seen True Grit yet. I haven't come out. Um, You're not going. Well, no, I'm not going to see True Grit. <laughs> well, the thing is, we're recording this in December. This yeah. True Grit hasn't come out yet. I have right. no, well, no doubt I'm going to love it. Yeah. Well, a lot of pre- I know a lot of people have seen it in previews and stuff like that, but yeah, but those yeah. are a pain in the ass to get yeah, into. Yeah, exactly. But, I got um, things to do. Yeah, exactly. But I did get to go see Tron on opening night, and I just and it totally delivered on what I wanted it to be, which is, you know, you are the only I, I'm, one. I'm the, no, I'm not. No, everyone I went, I was a group of like 15, 20 people, and everyone loved it. Everyone, and the, and literally we're all there at midnight on opening night. You know what else we loved bias. opening night? What? Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, I, I enjoyed it. You know, well, I'm, like I'm glad you enjoyed it's, it. It's, I'm um, just saying, no one else seems my, to. I, I have a strong appreciation for the original movie, and and I always said the original movie was the right idea at the wrong time, yep. and this is now the right time, and it looked amazing. It Michael Sheen steals the show as he does when he's in yes. anything. Oh, I, like, I wanted was, a movie. I wanted a movie of Michael Sheen's character. Like that's how good. I was young Bridges. He's fine. Oh no! Oh, okay. That's the one criticism. I think with the kid, the, the, the no, the, the, the no, young the, the the program bridges got a little rubbery CG. Looks like Grand Theft Auto, but then more I think about it, he's supposed to. You yes, know what I mean? You know, like he's a program. Yeah, exactly. More yeah. than young Charles Xavier. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like it wasn't supposed to be young Bridges. Like the scenes with young Bridges were fine, mm-hmm. but the clue character who was a younger Bridges. Got Grand Theft Auto, but it totally worked. I mean, like it, it, it totally. Worked. And Olivia Wilde. Uh, I'm looking forward yeah. to. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, it I'm was, not ripping on you. I'm looking forward to. The action it. sequences were great. The light cycle scene was great. The whole battle at the end was amazing. Um, I got Daft Punk. The soundtrack was awesome, and, and like as much of a character as the, as anything in the movie. Yeah, yeah it was they great. Play a frisbee game. Uh, yes, they did. Right. Uh, my only criticism is that the the and maybe they do this for a reason, but like I wanted more. Of the of the fris- of the discs, I wanted more of the light cycles. So there's only this. one scene of each. If you have hardly any memory of the first movie, yes, you can see it. Okay, just yep. curious. Yeah, they they do a great job of explaining it. And they it they're counting yeah. on that. Yeah, you don't yeah. need to know anything about the first movie. That's yeah. yeah. You can't find it. Yeah, because well, Disney put it in their vault yeah, because it exactly. sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I remember putting it on a Netflix queue, watching go from short weight to long weight to unavailable. Yeah, it's like That's what weird, what what. Yeah. Um, Solitary Man. Something I got on Netflix was a little indie movie that Michael Douglas did this year. They shot it in like a month. It was one of those like, I'm getting old, I'm dying of cancer, I want to do a good film. Yeah. <laughs> um, great, great little indie film. Did it they was, use the, John, the Johnny Cash song? Uh, I think they might have, actually. What is the string of S-word man movies? 
That's weird. Single Solitary man, man, single man, the serious, serious man. man. Yeah, it's like, geez, which is great. Basically, the film is about uh, Michael Douglas is the last honest car salesman in New York City. Like, he's got a bunch of dealerships around the Tri State area. Mm-hmm. He gets a strange diagnosis in the doctor. He doesn't want to know. So instead I'm, of getting it confirmed, he decides he's going to go crazy. We jump cut to many years later. He has ruined his business. He's ruined his marriage because he decided there's no consequence in life anymore because he's dying. Mm-hmm. And it's about him trying to come to grips with, is he going to... <laughs> that he just had food poisoning. Is he going to deal with his reality, go to the doctor, go back to his wife, or is he going to continue to chase younger women mm-hmm. and, and blow the remaining time he has left? It was a very interesting film, and Douglas is perfect for that because he's, he's like that charming older man who, who... I love it when he plays dumpy guys. Yeah. His, his, his work is Wonder Years. Oh, he's totally like pathetic in it, which is what works yeah. the thing. And uh, Pam from The Office is his daughter, and Susan Sarandon yeah. is his wife. It was a good cast. Uh, the ubiquitous Jesse Eisenberg's in it, yeah. so like, uh, really solid indie film. You huh. can get it on Netflix. Um, well, that sounds like something I would like. I think well, you would enjoy speaking it. Speaking of Jesse Eisenberg, yes, I was when I heard that there was a. I didn't. I didn't hear that there was a Facebook movie. First of all, <laughs> I heard Aaron Sorkin's do a Facebook movie. Oh well, I guess it'll be nice to hear something from Aaron Sorkin. And then they said Fincher. Uh, <laughs> Fincher would be the director. Uh, and I thought, oh, okay. Uh, and again, I still. And really, then you heard about Timberlake. Well, that was the thing that yeah. put me over. Who can't not like Justin Timberlake? Even he's I charming. like Justin he's Timberlake. Charming. He's making a push for an Oscar. He has a high pitched voice. Um, they're making they're, they're a whole campaign about nominating for an Oscar. He shouldn't. Yeah, um, I agree. I loved the movie though. Yeah. I absolutely. I don't know anything about the reality of it. I don't care uh, so much about what was real or what wasn't because it, it felt real and it was just a wonderfully constructed movie. And and uh, it's, I don't even know if there's, there's much to say about it because it's just like. It's that thing that Fincher does really well where he takes you and he puts you in a place. Yep. And, and, and you, you live in that place during that movie. He creates an environment. Zodiac. He yep. did it in, in, in Fight Club. And yep. uh, it's, it's almost this, you can't, I can't tell you why, but he's really good at putting all those things together. His script was funny and fast-paced and interesting. Yep. And it was one of those few scripts about technology where it wasn't ridiculous. Yep. We're like, they don't go, we have to get to the mainframe. And like, yeah, no, it was no. all realistic. Like, and like, every like time I was looking on the screen. Yeah. Like, so like was, they were writing code. Like, it was right. real legit. When you yeah. see a computer screen, you yeah. didn't see some operating system you've never seen yeah. before. It was Windows, and yes. it was all it was all legit. When does yeah. Whopper show up? <laughs> um, <laughs> but another case of the soundtrack being as, as important as, mm-hmm. uh, I think, the, the Trent Reznor, Atticus, whatever mm-hmm. guy, Atticus Ross soundtrack was amazing. Uh-huh. Was, yeah, not Atticus Ross. Was it? Atticus Finch? Atticus Finch, yeah, whatever. It, yeah, it was great. I, I, I really enjoy it. This was one of those other movies where I have to get out to see this as soon as I saw the first trailer for it. With it was just yeah. minimal. Another one I'm pissed yeah. I missed at the theater. Yeah. You can watch that at home though. Yeah, 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 yeah no, it's not. Yeah, oh, I just wanted to but, see it. Yeah. But uh, a see in the theater, a must see in the theater was the A Team. A must see in the which, theater. Which Connor and I are two big A Team fans. Big A Team fans. And it <laughs> and it totally two thumbs up all the way. I mean, it, was, it was it was I'd, I haven't had so much fun at the movies like in an action movie in environment. Then yeah. it while. was funny because it came out similarly to the losers in the same time frame. The, the the setup is the same. The the concept is the same. And actually watching a team again recently, there's a lot like the the last scenes on the docks in yeah. LA. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of similarities. Yeah. But um, what this has is the cachet of the a team, the characters, and yeah. the ridiculousness of it. And it has. Uh, Charlotte Copley, yeah, uh, yeah, he was fantastic. Oh, it had, I thought, I thought, what's his name? His face was great too. Yeah, um, yeah Bradley, Cooper. Bradley Cooper was charming. I mean, they, yeah. it was a fun movie. Some extended cut and DVD, which came out, and it's it's longer. It's not as tight. I think they're probably the theater version's better. Yeah. But, but it, yeah, it was so much fun, and they 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 caught the they caught the essence of what made the A Team so good, which was which was ridiculous, over the top planning and, and ridiculous over top planning, but also pulling out the miracle 
each play into their own um, talents yep. and abilities and teamwork and all that and doing the right thing and all that sort of stuff. Like, oh, it was great. It's like, just being a, fun. A, a code of honor. It's it it just being fun. I mean, to yeah. be completely honest, like, having seen The Losers before and this afterwards, I was like, oh, this is a much better movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah. wanted to be like, I like The Losers. It was yeah. fine, but yeah. it got destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, but, yeah, but that was that was also really fun. And finally, I saw The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo on Netflix streaming, which is the Swedish... Fincher's doing the American American mm-hmm. version of this but right now, but it's, this was the Swedish version of the humongous book. The first two are available on Netflix streaming. This cover design. Yeah, this is fucking disturbing, this movie. It was... <laughs> In not, a good way? It's, 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 <laughs> it's a thriller, and it's... See, the great thing was, I knew nothing about the story mm-hmm. going in. All I heard, heard of was the book. I was right. like, here's the movie, I'll watch it. And not knowing what... It's a murder mystery, but it's also an examination of Swedish society and how fucked up it could be towards women. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of violence and Nazis and... It's just... It, it, Is it a period piece? No, no. It's, it takes place oh. now. So there's lots of Nazis anyway. Like, well, like, like, people were involved in the war. That, that whole region is still very, you know, what was what was Sweden actually doing during the war? Right, was, right. Sketchy. But I would say check it out. It's, no, knowing nothing about it, it was a really uh, absorbing thriller. I didn't like the second one as much because it wasn't as strong of a thriller. But the first one was a really strong thriller. And the actress who plays the main character was great. She was really good. They, she's showing up in the next Sherlock Holmes because that's how good she was in those films. They cast. She's one of those discoveries Plus from almost, Europe. Yeah. yeah. Audrey Tattoo types. Yeah. yeah, but she was really. It was a really good movie, but disturbing. It still sticks with you for the rest of the night. Yeah. So it was a good year for movies. I mean, I don't know. I, I, it was I, a solid year. Yeah, I, didn't yeah, have, I, I, I went through a lot of films. And yeah. I got to see a few, and the ones that I saw were good. Yeah, so that's all you can ask for. I, I think I got a Harry s- Potter movie out of it. What do you want? I think I saw 16 total. Wow, that's pretty good. I did more. Yeah. I did yeah. at least 17. Did you really? No. Yeah. Every I year I want to yeah. go more and I never do. But yeah. Oh, no. the, my days of going every weekend are over. No. <laughs> he was getting them in while I could. No. Now, television. Every, we are all big television fans, although this is the year you, you both cut your cord. I've been, you've been, I, for, I, yeah, been but for years. What I'm saying yeah. is now you both have cut your cord. Yeah, Josh joined me. Yeah, yeah. So the, that's interesting, but that's not really just a topic for discussion. Ron, Community. Yeah. Community still stands up as the number one number one comedy sitcom on TV as far as I'm concerned. It's fantastic. It is yeah. a hell of a lot of fun. It is, yeah. I mean, the problem is that it is postmodern, it is referential, yeah. Yeah. and that can get tired really fast, but it seems to skirt a line where it does that really it well. It does yeah. a really good job of playing with all the conventions and, never, mm-hmm. and yeah. finding a new one every week yeah. so it doesn't feel tired. And they're just like moments of brilliance, like the, like the, the fort... The, the Ford episode when, uh, you know... When we created like, a city. And yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Like, it was like, you know, just the fact that there were different districts. Sometimes you know, like, I watch an episode and I'm just uh, angry. Yeah, like, I don't half-ass it. Yeah. I'm, like, angry how clever they are. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Or I loved the Secret Garden episode with the trampoline. Oh, the trampoline was the one that was the best, best one. episode. Yeah, the, the best, best joke episode, of the yeah. entire year was yeah. it's going to be a maze. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Just that, that whole that whole episode was perfect. I mean, every, every I mean, it's like the kind of thing I run home on Thursdays, and that's the first show I watch. Even the, even the stop motion animation when they just did. I didn't like, love I, it. That was less you know, funny. I started as it was to good. watch it, and I was like, I don't want to like this. And then, mm-hmm. like as I was going through, I was like, that's not that bad. Yeah, like it was yeah. still pretty good. That was more clever than funny, but yeah, that was. But like the spaceship one, they had the like everything yeah. is very. They, they play with the every genre. One, the the zombie episode. Yeah. The zombie episode. Was episode. Yeah. The the episode was paintball great. episode. Well, that yeah, that was this year. This year, sure. Yeah, Paintball episode was genius. That's still their high point. Yeah, that is their high point. Yeah, yeah. That's when they get everything rolling they play with genre kale. yeah he's yeah. son of a bitch I know yeah. Like, yeah. you're not supposed to have that much also surprisingly good shape yeah that's <laughs> kind of what I meant yeah, yeah. I meant he's good looking funny yep. really tall um, for me one of my favorite shows of the year which I'm sure has been cancelled I'm just waiting for the official still word still coming out no the good guys is over oh the good guys ended its season a couple weeks ago oh, okay but I'm sure I'm just waiting for the cancellation notice Again, sort of playing with genre, playing with the cop genre, playing with the 70s genre. Uh, Bradley 
Woodford, who might be our finest actor. <laughs> um, playing a cop out of the 70s in the modern-day Dallas with Tom Hanks' son Colin Hanks as his partner, and they added a few more characters this year to try to bring in new viewers, which didn't work, but Gary Cole playing his old partner, also with a mustache. Yeah. Just laugh out loud funny every every week. I watched some of the pilot, and I was like, it's pretty good. It's one of those things that I thought, I'll catch up on, because they're going to cancel yeah. it anyway, and I'll just watch the eight episodes, whatever yeah. there are. Well, you'll get two seasons out of it, but mm-hmm. Bradley Woodford has got such range. Like, if you watch that, and then you watch The West Wing, and yeah. then you watch anything else he's done, he convincingly plays these completely different characters. He's one of those actors, though, who I don't like to watch interviews with sure. the actual guy. Sure, sure, But I like him when he does stuff. Yeah. But this is an is uh, instance of completely inhabiting and creating a character that's completely new and very fun. This was the year that I got a very severe Top Gear addiction. It's uh, like my No Reservations addiction last year. Yeah. Uh, I started the UK watching or the US one? UK at first. Mostly UK. I started watching them when I would feed my baby, like, at night. So, like, I was up every night, and so I would watch them on... Uh, BBC of BBC America would run them constantly, so my DVR would just keep recording them, and I'd have, like, five. And then they were all... It was a three or four seasons on Netflix streaming, so, like, I've seen them all now. Um, and it's one of those shows, like, their chemistry... I like cars. I like cars fine. You know, yeah. uh, I'm probably more of a car fan than most people know. You've always been a car guy. Yeah, but I, I'm not going to buy. I'm not going to buy a Lamborghini. I don't know. Are you sure? Um, I'm pretty. I hope. I want. I don't want to be sure. <laughs> but they make me laugh a lot. The chemistry behind the guys, it, like it, really makes me laugh like a lot. Uh, especially when they go do really stupid things. Every time they're doing a challenge, where one of them rams their car into the other one, just the wanton destruction of that, which is so not a part of our lives, it really makes me laugh. <laughs> um, and I'm I've caught up. I don't have anything to watch anymore. So I started watching the U.S. one. I bought them from... Uh, the first episode was free on iTunes, and I mm. bought the next three just because. And it's not as good, but it's exactly the same thing. But the reason it's not as good is because they're not... There's no chemistry between They don't have the chemistry. It might yet, though. I never watched them. I, in, I caught part of one on a flight recently, mm-hmm. and I didn't really enjoy it. It could have been a lot worse. The co- well, it could have yes. been, but... No, I, I, the car <laughs> content, though, is still pretty good, and it's interesting because it's from an American perspective. They used exactly the same everything. Like, it's, yeah. it's visually the same they show. broke. Yeah, uh. and, and I think it'll be interesting to give them a little time. I think that the comedian, uh, Adam Farrar, he, he's, he could be better. But once they get to know each other a little better, and they're ribbing... See, I thought he was okay. It was the other two guys that were not Well, good. the one guy's a race car driver, and the other guy's a car rider. I just don't think they've got... They, they, they're comfortable yet. It's going to take them a little while. And I've heard that if you watch the early... They're on Series 17 of the British version, so they've had a lot of time to get to know each other. Yeah. So I think if, if you watch, it could get better. But it's not bad. Like, if you're looking for the other show, but God, I, I love that show. That was my favorite thing this year. So, one show that I heard a lot of buzz about earlier this year was Party Down. It was a fascinating was, buzz that went around Twitter. Fascinating around buzz when it got canceled. Everyone yeah. was freaking out, and I didn't watch anything of it. And then finally, like a month after that whole buzz died down, I got my hands on season one and season two of it. And I don't think I've been wa- binge watched a show as quickly as this show. Well, Same, like, I would blow through like five episodes in a night. Well, the funny thing and, like, was, it, it went around two nights. Yeah, pretty much. It went yeah. around Twitter because. Yeah. It, it, it got canceled and it was on Netflix streaming. Yep. And then suddenly it was like, oh, it's going to be gone in three days. And yeah, suddenly so everybody on yeah, Twitter was yeah. watching it. I yeah. made it through season one and a, like a, a quarter of the way to season two before it went away and I couldn't yeah. watch What's it. What's funny is that I, I was, was going, going through. The, I was going through the Netflix recommendations and like, it kept coming up. And it was one of those ones like based on the views, you will like it. And it was like 4.8. I was like, yeah. I really think I'm going to like this. Yeah. So I added it, but I had no idea what it was. And then I never thought about it again until they started talking about it. Yeah. Then I watched it. And it it was great. It's very I mean, funny. yeah, it I mean, was great. The show's about you know uh, uh, L.A. based struggling actors who yes. work in a catering business, 
and Very. Jane Lynch was on it right before Glee yeah. blew up. So she, you see the point where she leaves when yeah. Glee took off, and it's got people you'll you'll, you'll recognize. Martin Starr from uh, Freaks and Geeks is in it, uh, yeah. but all the other actors I recognize. I couldn't tell you from where, yeah. you know. And but the thing was, the writing was really clever. It's all about the Steve Gutenberg Steve episode. Gutenberg episode. It, was fa- it was the highlight, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it was just it was great. It was just a, it was a lot. I of fun. loved. So, it. I was. Yeah. I binged like you did. Yeah. I remember. I think I watched yeah. the first, whole first season in one day because yeah. I was trying to get. Before I was literally be like another. I'll just do another. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. great show. In Treatment was a show not a lot of people watch. It's on HBO. This is this would be the third season. It's basically a play on television, and it's, and it's completely captivating. It runs four times, three times a week, four times a week, four times a week, four half hours a week. And that's, that's uh, going to burn through content real fast. It, it uh, it's just Gabriel Byrne with another another really good actor doing therapy sessions for half an hour, and it, it just oh. you just dig into character. This year was Amy don't, Amy. I don't know from the Office. Amy from the Wire in the Office. Beatty, Beatty yeah. I don't Amy Ryan. Amy I don't Ryan. Know character. I, don't, I know. Yeah. I can tell you a character name. Amy before. Ryan was one of them, and there was a really good Indian actor and Deborah Winger. You know nothing about these characters. They're coming to therapy, and then you, by the end of them, you know them really well, and it's a really fascinating character study, yeah. uh, which I loved. Sounds so depressing. Modern, is. Fa- Modern Family on ABC. That's probably the most mainstream show we've got here. Uh, it was one of those I started watching it because I heard it was really good, but I was like, "Who's ripping off Arrested Development? I hate this." It's not though, and no, over it's not. time. I started to get, I just, I guess just with the, the way it was shot. But uh, over time, I started to like it more and more. And I really appreciate the, the cast. It's a great cast. I, it's a great a show. It's a really great cast. I, Ty, Bur- Ty, Ty Burrell. Ty Burrell. He gets funnier every week. Yes. Ed O'Neill and then Manny the Kid. That Manny. kid's the best actor on TV right now. <laughs> yeah. He really is. He's really, um, good. really well-written show. It's fun. They have the best paved baby on earth. Yeah. Just sits there all the time. Some babies do that. Yeah. No, that, that's, they drug that kid. Um <laughs> I've just been really enjoying it a lot lately, and it, it's sort of, it's funny that this is a standard sitcom now. It, well, it's a weird j- mix of traditional and avant-garde. Yeah. Which is strange. But they're not going to do any weird shows like Community no. or anything. No, 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 no. It's, 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 that's what the traditional part It's traditional, right. straightforward family sitcom, but there's a lot of humor that's progressive, and the way they shoot it is progressive, and it's, it's not. And it, it's got a really good a comedy timing. It's a one-camera show, yeah. They don't, they don't uh, push jokes faster than they need to. They really kind of let stuff live, and they do some of that background humor. And so it's actually yeah. a very funny show. Probably means no one's watching it. No, no, it's a big hit. Is it's, it? a big, it's a big hit on ABC. No, it's yeah. a huge hit, yeah. All right, good. It's like, yeah. It's like a, one of the biggest shows on ABC. Yes. I don't pay attention to these things. Yeah. So similar to your Top Gear obsession and my No Reservations obsession of last year, became uh, renewed obsessed with House Hunters House and Hunters HGTV. Yeah. Um, House Hunters and House Hunters International. For those who don't know, really badly produced half-hour show about somebody trying to find a new place to live and they go look at three places and then and you they, have to guess they, which one they're going to well, pick well as you say and then they, they analyze each three and then they pick one and you see the whole thing and what, well, what made it to buy a place in Toronto what, what made it so great for me was the emerging of little games to play throughout each one yeah. the first one that I, that I zeroed in on was pick out the bad TV production crew so like I was watching one episode where literally every scene started with the realtor and the, the customer starting it with their names like so Bob what do you think of this room mm-hmm. well Tom I think it's great and it's like oh that's so badly produced so that was the first thing was to see how the the bad production moments. But then the second thing was to find, you know, each person has one thing they're looking for, and that's normally the thing that will trigger the decision. Mm-hmm. And so to find like they're always hung up on the bathroom or the yeah. kitchen or whatever. So like finding whatever the little nitpick thing is, especially when it's a couple yeah. and like how they have two differing things. So that's the thing. And then the final thing was the bedding, uh, which me and my sister and uh, we're I've been doing this a lot, where we watch and when it comes, press pause and lay down our bet, which one, which, how, which one are they going to choose and why, and then see if you're right or not. I, it's gotten to the point now where I'm, I'm pretty much guessing every time. 
there you, was a marathon. They telegraph it. Yeah, there telegraph. was a marathon on Thanksgiving, and I think yeah. we watched uh, my family by like five in a row. Yeah, oh, uh, it, gets it stresses addicting. me out. Oh, it's so it much does, fun. Because it's if so you're at the point where you're kind of thinking, well, we should get a place. Oh to no, live. you can't. Yeah, no, you it's can't. It's really, it's really yeah, stressing me no. out. Yeah, no, I mean, and I, I, I like real, you know, real estate porn as much as anybody. Yeah, you know, just looking through listings, stuff like that. So you gotta, you gotta separate yourself from the situation. Yeah, it's too close. But I've, it's not always about you. I've seen it. I've seen. It. Well, I did before we didn't have cable. Now I yeah. don't get stuck. Streaming on their website. I'm at somebody else's house. Yeah. <laughs> a show that was canceled that I love was Terriers on FX. Which I just I haven't watched any, but I have them all. Yeah, it was a might have been the closest thing to The Wire that I've seen in a while in terms of it built. You at first you didn't know what it was, and by the end it was this intricate crime character piece that was really really so it's satisfying. Not about, it's not about dog no, people. That's where they fucked people. up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Because everybody. Wanted to watch a show about on the dogs. Shield. No, everybody wanted to watch something on FX that was like The Shield. Yeah, and they were like, "What's this, the shit about dogs? I don't care about dogs." But it also wasn't gritty like The Shield. It wasn't a way, but it was also no. funny. And it takes place in. It's about a two PIs in Ocean Beach, which is where we've been. And yep. Ho Dads makes an appearance in one oh, of the nice. episodes. Excellent. And uh, San Diego. Donald Logue, one of my favorite. Yeah, Donald Logue yeah. and the guy from True Blood, who was the he was great in yeah. True Blood, the first season. Yeah, uh, I watched the first two episodes and I lo- I thought it was pretty good, but I was like, I'm gonna come back to this. Um, and so it's my fault. Yeah. So it, it was very satisfying. The kind of really small numbers on that. I mean, oh yeah, like nobody a, watched. Like it. a half a million viewers. Like yeah, if that. It's pretty bad. Yeah. But every week became more of a must-see show for me. I definitely thought you'd dig it. The Pacific was probably the big event of the year. I was. I don't. I don't think I was looking forward to anything more than that. Yep. I remember I actually got HBO again so that I could watch it and then got rid of it. It was different than Band of Brothers, very, which is Band of Brothers is one of my favorite things of all time. I don't. I don't know. You're not movie, TV show, or whatever. But it's just I love it. And the Pacific was really good, but it didn't have the same through line. You didn't get to know the guys as well. Yes. They skipped around. A that was the more. problem with it, I think. And I think that one of the other things about it is that it's really easy to take the European War and, and romanticize it and glorify it a little bit. Whereas the, the Pacific War was was uglier. It was and it was a lot. I don't want to say scarier, but it brutal. was just a different thing. Much more brutal. Yeah, and at least overtly. And they captured all of that. Yeah, like it was really good. It was really well done. It took a lot longer to get to know the guys in it. For me, that the biggest problem. I mean, I, I watched it. I enjoyed it. I, I have the DVD set, but. <laughs> It was the fact that in Band of Brothers, you got to know these characters. There were so many of them in the first episode. By the end, you knew them all. Right. You knew their histories, their names, where they were from, what they liked. I couldn't tell you anybody's name from the Pacific. That, well, there was that one episode that was probably the, for, the best except one. Except for uh, Basalone. Yeah, Dino Orlani. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, God, that guy doesn't age. No. He's playing a 20-year-old in this. It was when they took a character out and they put them in, in some part of their real life. So with the girl in Australia and then the, the, the one that uh, he married. Yeah. Uh, those are the two episodes that you go, oh, I know those characters now. And now, now but there I still wasn't it. that through line that you could there follow. Wasn't. Um, it was good, but it just kept jumping back and forth. It was, it was really uh, great. Like it, was, it was difficult to watch at times because it was so brutal and desolate and everything. But also, everyone was covered in dirt uh-huh. all the time, so I was like, you never know who anybody was. Right. It was, but it was, it was um, enjoyable. But. I want to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, I've watched Band of Brothers many times now. So, somewhat uh, tangentially related to comics, based off a DC comic, it was a late-season premiere, mid-season premiere on Fox, and then came back this season, uh, The Human Target with Mark Valley and uh, Chai McBride, and what's his name? Jack Uh, Earl Haley. Jack Earl Haley. I love this show. It's fun. It has nothing to do with the comic. If you read the comic, I mean, it's very only loosely based on whatever. Not even. Not not even. even, Not even, yeah. But um, it is as close to classic 80s action show 
Every episode's a one and done. Yeah. Um, there's a there's very a loose, loose mythology, loose but, mythology it's not... but you don't need it. You don't. No. Need, yeah, like you can watch an episode and get it. I did not know yeah. you were watching this. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, oh. it takes place in San Francisco, but What's... like, but the joke is like they they don't film in San Francisco. Like the locations are awful, and they're using all this really old B roll. Where I'm like, there's no that building's gone. And like, <laughs> Jackie Earl Haley is great. He's fantastic. He's fantastic in it. In it. I, I I've always been a Mark Valley fan. Yes, yeah, like, I like Mark Valley. Yeah. yeah, and I love Chai McBride. Yeah. But yeah, so it's a great like, cast and it's fun. It's yeah, exactly. That said, the new season, I like the girl from Entourage. I don't like the girl from Rome. The girl from Rome, hater. Can't stand her. But uh, which girl from Rome? The the wife of, yeah. of they, the blonde guy. This is a the, the, the woman and the blonde guy and the girl. I didn't watch Rome. Okay, so. we'll we'll do but this later. She, <laughs> they, 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 there's this whole status quo change in the show, and she bankrolled them. And, and, and oh, I know just, uh, Yeah, and it's I don't I just don't like her. But on that, it's still been good. This so. show would be really huge on the USA Network. Yes, absolutely. And it's failing on What's the Fox on? Network. So, okay, Fox. Fox yeah. 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 Continuing my theme in the TV shows is canceled shows. Pick losers yeah. is Rubicon, which was an AMC show. Their first real big failure, or oh, I guess it's they canceled it. So good. Really? Did you feel so that way good all the way through? No, it took about three episodes to start getting really good. And did you feel let down by the end? Because that's it was okay. so good. Um, in fact, I was enjoying it. More. I was watching it before Mad Men. I mean, the end of the like the, the last episode I heard was like a real big like. Well, it was a cliffhanger because it was going right. to so it ends in a cliffhanger, but yeah. it was a spy story. I think the reason why I enjoyed it so much is because I missed the first couple episodes and they had a marathon, so I watched like four in a row. Mm-hmm. Really got to because. It's a show that's not going to succeed. It's smart and it's slow, and you have to pay attention. You can't be watching the show while you're reading a magazine. You can't be pl- playing on your right. phone. It's all about it's all about spies, real spying, mm-hmm. like analyzing documents and co- co- codes. Oh, and clues. that is so good to watch. And and you have to be paying attention to the stuff they see in the on the screen because they don't lay it out for you. And that's why it didn't Tank. didn't yeah. do well. But it was a wonderful show. Film on location in New York City. Best new show of the year. Boardwalk Empire. If there was ever a show made for all of Best us, pilot I've ever seen in my life. This show, this show I got lost in every time. Yeah, I mean, like I, it was like it was like a, a movie, a movie. I felt like it was a movie of the week. Well, yeah. I, that first episode directed by Martin Scorsese really yep. sort of set the tone for the whole thing. Mm. Period piece, crime drama. This is all of our alleys. Yeah, totally. all of our different yeah. Venn diagrams yeah. go over. They all Buscemi. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't even. There's not even. It's just. It was a lot of fun. It was. It looked like nothing else. It had uh, what's her name in it? I, uh, the Scottish girl. Yeah. Um, who plays an Irish girl? <laughs> We're really bad at this. Oh, and it had Gretchen Maul. It's been it's been a long oh, time. That was weird. Oh, Wasn't that weird Gretchen though? Gretchen Maul. No, I love Gretchen. No, but Maul. that it was his mom. No, it's all right. I don't care. It was weird. I love Gretchen Maul. And uh, I've got eyefuls over. It was just. It was like I don't even want to go look up what happened in real life because I'm just enjoying the show yep. on its own. I've actually got three to go. I haven't seen. I love the. Uh, I love. Oh, the, so you didn't see Buscemi die yet. <laughs> It's when James Gandolfini shows up and shoots. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love the fact that it's the fish talks, true yeah. crime enough. Yep. I love the I love the fact that it's based it's, in reality. There's and, yeah. dealing with the the growing the mob from prohibition. You got Al Capone in it. You got he, Lucky Luciano. You got are, Arnold Rothstein in it. I just all I'm three glad, of those guys were fantastic. I mean, I'm like, glad there's another version of Arnold the, Rothstein. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, the guy playing him. the guy playing Rothstein from a serious man is fantastic. Yeah, he's great. I didn't know yeah, that. He's fantastic. I love the guy playing Lucky Luciano. The guy playing Al Capone is amazing. Oh, yeah, snatch. Yeah, he's and Meyer Lansky. Like they're all yeah. in there. Yeah. My favorite character in the show, though, yeah. is the two-faced 
Hitman. Yeah, he was amazing. He is yeah. creepy. Yeah, creepy, but well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like in a good way, though. It's a great character. Like, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. As yeah. soon as I saw him, I was like, he's going to be a killer. Yeah. And he's, he's going to be regular now in the second season. And and they, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, whole thing, the whole funny thing is that every episode, I see Dabney Coleman's name in the, in the credits, and like eight episodes in, I'm like, where is he? And then I, before I realized he was the sick Commodore, and yeah. then when he got better, I'm like, oh, that's Dabney Coleman. Yeah. Okay, yeah. He's, <laughs> he disappeared in the back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't say anything. I didn't know who he was for about four episodes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally, yeah, I was so. looking for him, yeah. and I went yeah. back. I was like, "Who is that?" Because guy? I hate so him. I can't stand time. him. But yeah, but he's been fun. Um, so. But uh, Bordock Empire is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So Connor and I keep watching Grey's Anatomy. It's back, Why? baby. It's, it's been. It's, it's been, been it's awesome. Been good. It's been really good. After the great season finale last season, that really injected life into the show. The most stressful two, two hours, hours of TV. Because the thing is that like I don't have cable, so like I don't get any of the previews. I don't get next week on. I don't get any commercials. So I'm watching each episode. I have no idea what's coming. And it was a. Was it going to break up again? No, no. It was there was a shooting in the hospital uh-huh. and this a massacre. Uh, yeah, ma- basically a massacre where they like they. It was totally like a comic book retcon. They cleaned it like all the dumb characters that you didn't like. They just killed them, <laughs> and it was like like a Shakespeare play or something like that. But I didn't know it was happening. And the way they did it was so. And I'm sitting on my couch. I'm like, at one point, I'm like, why are they doing this? I, like, <laughs> I think I tweeted it. I was like, what? I'm like, this is so mean. But uh, it's been great. And it really injected the life through it. this season. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad to see it's still rolling. I, do, I have a I have a soft spot for that show. I don't know why. No, it's but, it's yeah, really it's yeah. really good. Yeah. Now I have a feeling that Connor is going to say he didn't like this season of Mad Men. No, what do you think? I don't know why. It was just, it was we talk about it every week. I yeah, love the season. It's fantastic. It's fine. We well, said you watched Rubicon first, and yeah, I but guess... I, I can like one and the other. All right, well, it's perfect. It was perfect. Last season, the season three. And I don't remember if that was all this year or last year when. But I remember that like it was pretty good all the way through, and then the last three episodes were were like amazing. This one I thought like every week it was like it was, every week more! it got better. Every yeah, week it got better. Yeah. I want the next thing. It was amazing. The whole, the whole uh, season was amazing. And then they really threw me for a loop at the end. Did he have a nervous breakdown? I don't know. No, no, I don't think so. It I think he had a so, moment of clarity. Right? Was he had yeah, like, yeah. like? Were you gonna wake up? Were you gonna? It was the scene in the diner. It was the scene with, yeah, with the spill. Uh, it's not no, real no. though. But it's not real. That's the thing. It's is not, it it's not a real I mean, happiness. Uh, well, yeah. Well, he doesn't know whole, her. I mean, that's the whole. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, that's Teeth. the. It was just a woman that could take care of his kids. The oh, first oh. woman to take care of his kids yeah. that he came across. So yeah. He doesn't really love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, we, we've talked about it offline a yeah. lot about like analyzing and stuff like that. But like, I, I thought it was great. I, I, great whether, season for Peggy. Great season. Yeah, great season. For, uh, the, oh, the, the Roger too. The, the fight yeah. episode, the Muhammad Ali fight, the uh-huh. one that, with the Samsonite luggage, that Don Peggy well, night. This was, was the take apart. Let's go somewhere darker. Yeah, yeah. This, like, oh, there were so many great. That lines. was a great yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, this was the take apart Don's season. It was just like everything else was building him up, building, and this was just like push him over. Over and over Set again. Don Draper. The, the this episode, Lane Price and, and Don Hooker episode. This season had the great background comedy of Miss Blankenship dying in the background. <laughs> I meeting. would do it, but my secretary's dead. <laughs> like that. And I'm happy to get rid of the body without the client seeing her yeah, in the background. Uh, no, what is I would ask I my secretary to do it, but she's dead. <laughs> I didn't realize that that was, uh, that was the Karate Kid's mom yeah, for yeah. the longest time. Yeah, Travolta. When I saw it, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, it was and a, it was a wonderful was season. Great. I he's thought, like, I mean, always. he, he, yeah, was, he's a, oh, the whole thing is. I'm just living in terror for when they die, kill him off because they've been prepping for that for a while. Slattery. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, they've, they've been to- foreshadowing that for yeah. seasons. Yeah. But he's gonna drop dead of a heart I attack. I like Burt Cooper. Is just he doesn't care. Yeah. And he walked out. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. Is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Doing crossword puzzles in the. Does have an office? Like it was so random. No, great season. Finally, Breaking Bad is just wonderful. This season was the best one yet, and it's really good. 
Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember. This was a really like depressing season. Did you watch it? I did. Are you on this I did. Now? Yeah, I was. This was the season where at the end of every episode for like the last three, there was like a huge thing, like somebody had died or somebody was like. This is the one where he ran over the dude in the truck, mm -hmm. and he. This is the this is the season where they had to take responsibility and take their own life in their hands, and they had to start killing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring myself back to it, but yeah, it was. This was the one that was like the first few episodes were really dire. And you're yeah. Like, Ugh. You need to get this moving a little bit. This is where Jesse got in trouble with the, with the cartel, and he yep. had to, and then Walt had to get him out of trouble by oh, killing right, people. Right, the end was oh. The end, he went to kill the drug dealers who killed the kid, and then Walt came and ran him down with the car. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right. no, this is and that was like I jumped out of the chair. Like, oh! Yeah, because that's no Walt's. I love the, the chicken line. man. Yeah, the Giancarlo new. Esposito. Yeah, yeah. So that was all the TV that we enjoyed this year. This episode has been brought to you by In Stock Trades, where you can get up to 37% off all of your trade paperbacks. they got free shipping and orders over $50, and over 9,000 are in stock, which is a lot. You can do that while you're watching TV. You can read your trade paperbacks. New releases every Wednesday. Order ship within 48 hours from www.instocktrades.com. Game time! Video games. We're such big gamers. Huge gamers. <laughs> well, I have a lot of free time. Yeah, yeah. And I have... That's I, the punchline of this segment. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but I did find time for the hours of uh, 12.30 to 1 a.m., two, three times a week uh, to maybe play games for about 15 minutes. This year I played Mass Effect 2. I had played Mass Effect 1 before, and this were the same people who brought us Knights of the Old Republic games, which I actually really loved a lot. And Mass Effect are better, because they got better at making games. If I was a gamer, I'd be able to tell you what that company is. I think it's BioWare. Does that sound right? You know, a, that, that is a company, but I don't know if that's the same people. Though. No, it's not. It's, it's not. There are the gamers out there. That. There are gamers right now. They're cringing. Yeah. Freaking out. Yeah, yeah. Um, doesn't matter. Mass Effect Two continuation of the first Mass Effect game, which I loved, and this this is like a two disc. Like you guys haven't played any games like this, right? No. It's no. like I, so I don't even know the terminology, but there's this story where where you are a badass space commando and you have a crew. And, and you're sort of flying around trying to solve this problem and, and you pick other people up and you start to learn their stories. It's kind of like you, an RPG adventure game, but action. It's like yeah, it mixes it all both. those in because don't you make decisions and that, that yeah. basis? Yeah, it's one of those yeah. games where you get to choose whether you're going to be a good guy or a bad guy. Yeah. And uh, I, I've had this conversation that I can never be the bad guy. Whatever the red yeah. text is, I can't pick that because yeah. I don't want to. I make the guy look like me and I have him act very forthright. Totally ton of fun. It, it was one of those games. That, I hate games that you get to a point where there's something really so frustrating you can't get get past you know yeah. like I, I don't want that I just want to play through it yeah. I, I don't really need that and it was very much about the experience for the whole thing and I had I had so much fun playing this and like like it was one of those games when it was over I was like I gotta kept going that was fun really good game yeah, expansive I've heard good things about really it. really huge I've heard good things about it I might pick it up because this was the year that I actually got an Xbox 360 you got donated I got, I got, one got donated to me by a friend of mine I always say I'm a casual gamer when we say this. And, and the thing is, I used to be like in you know middle school and early high Computer school. Computer games. I was a I was a heavy heavy gamer. I was a heavy PC gamer. Like really, but you lost weight. You know, and then I played a little bit on. I dabbled in Nintendo 64 and Super Nintendo and all that sort of stuff. But That's then, so but, long ago. You know, but then and then like Quake and things like that with the PCs. But then as I started working, I just never had time for it. Um, so the whole reason why I didn't get an Xbox 360 is because I just don't want to have time for it. And that's yeah. just like, so it collected dust for most of the year, but <laughs> I did try to make an effort to, to things. And, and what I found out is that I, I can't do this. Um, <laughs> like, I was all excited. Like, Fallout 3, mm -hmm. that's a game, right? Yeah. yeah. Fallout, I was all excited because I heard that was based on the storyline of a PC game I played in 1989 called Wasteland, which I loved. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, great. So I'll get that. So I, I got that game. 
Played it for about three hours. Mm. It was all excited. I called a friend of mine who's a video gamer. And I'm like, oh, hey, you know, I got Fallout. Played it for three hours. It was awesome. He's like, oh, how far did you get? I'm like, oh, I just left the bunker. He's like, oh, so you finished the training. <laughs> and I was like, the tra- I'm like, it took me three hours. <laughs> and that's the last I played it. But what I have discovered is that Xbox 360 is kind of fun. There's all these downloadable games, like a, a Settlers of Catan and like the Scott Pilgrim that's game. That's more your style. Yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah, the Scott Pilgrim game, which was fantastic. The fun, and, the, and recently X-Men Arcade came out. Mm. And like all these little kind of like little quick kind of casual games so I've been get, delving into that it's funny is that like I've really tur- I've yeah. turned into a real story gamer yeah. so like I, I will play something that goes for a long way yeah. but little games like that there's no well because like I don't have the time and like right. and I want I, the thing is I want to get immersed that's why I'm thinking like Mass Effect I want to get immersed in the game like mm-hmm. I wanted to get immersed in Fallout but it just didn't grab Star me Mass Effect 1 did you get it for like 15 bucks yeah I should maybe I will like I, I got I got I got the Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 whatever the Civil War yeah. game, and I'm like I'm still playing it I bought I, that yeah. I bought that and I played it like twice it's the just first button one. mash it's like I don't want you know yeah, like, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah so. same thing but whatever so it's fun so I'm trying I'm doing my best uh, Connor, you're not a waste time, apparently. Yeah, for me, this is all about Angry Birds this year. I've heard this a lot. I've thought about it, but I thought I don't, I don't you want... And, you and John Hamm. Every celebrity yeah. scene. Every, no, I played every, it. Yeah. I played it. Yeah, Angry no, Birds is, yeah. is addicting. Yeah. But it's the perfect game because you can spend three hours playing it or you can spend 35 seconds playing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. If you have... Like, I played on the subway waiting for the train. I'm pretty it, sure I wasted four hours on a flight once playing it. Yeah, you yeah, can, you can, totally, yeah, do, yeah, you can yeah. totally find yourself playing for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Or if you literally have... 15 seconds to do, you can play on a board. It's frustrating as fuck sometimes. It's, I have it on my iPad, yeah. I have it on my iPhone. There's multiple levels. There's a new Christmas version they put out yeah. so with all new boards. It is addicting. It's all, I, everyone in my family is addicted to it. Yeah. That's why I won't buy it. Oh, but it's all, it is fun, though. It's I know. Fun. That's yeah. why I just, yeah. But it's perfect for the subway. Like, yeah. It makes it go by fast. That's when I get to read. <laughs> then you got to listen to people talk. That's the problem. Yeah, that's true. The other game that I got, my, my wife gave me this for Father's Day, and she said... Today you can just play this game, and I was like, "That's the greatest gift ever." It was Red Dead Redemption, but only that day. Yeah, that was pretty much it. And then I just <laughs> I just finished it like two days ago, so that was six months. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption is uh, the short the short description is Grand Theft Auto with horses in the Wild West. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean I love the Grand Theft Auto games. I've played through and finished all of them, but this was a Western game, and there are a lot of shitty Western games. They're never quite as good as you want them to be. I think I talked about one last year. I don't even uh, Call of War as. It was, and it was fun. It was okay, but this was a whole other thing. You have to catch your own horses and break them in the in the in the wild, and you have all sorts of weapons. It takes place in the early 1900s, and you know, everybody listening to this probably knows what it's about. But it's just you start with a quest, and you're this character who's sort of neither here nor there, a good guy or bad guy, and but you're a badass, and you follow the storyline. And it's one of those ones where I I was into the storyline. What sure, game was, of the year? Yeah, is it at the VGA? Uh, yeah. There was this sort of miniature version of the United States and Canada which is basically so there's like a, like a Pacific Northwest although it's in the east and then there's like a texas area and then you're in Mexico for part of the game and it was just it was just a ton of fun I could have I could have kept going totally up your alley yeah. you know what there's the the zombie extension version yeah undead I don't really, I'm like I don't want all that zombie stuff I just yeah. want more of the actual western so Whenever the second one comes out, I'm completely and totally there. Cool. So, little, little tale. One of my one of my most happiest times ever was like '92 or '93 when I bought. Uh, it was right around Christmas, and I spent fifty bucks and I bought a used Sega Genesis. Mm. And all I got was one cartridge with it, which was Sonic the Hedgehog. And it was like the day after Christmas. That that was a weekend, and I spent the entire weekend in my room listening to Minor Threat on repeat, playing Sonic the Hedgehog until I finished it. And it was just it was just so, it was just so much fun. And so when I saw an Xbox 360 that Sonic Four was available for download, not knowing anything about the video game industry and the opinions and stuff like that, I downloaded. I'm like, ooh, new Sonic. 
lo and I went on to talk to some friends who work in video games. Something they're like, "Oh, it's awful, and this is why they screwed it up, and the, the mechanics are off, the physics." I don't care. I had so much fun. <laughs> what I want to do, I'm going to hold the thumbstick to the right and make him go fast, and that's it. And um, I'm not done with it yet. It's so it's the first episode of Sonic Four. Like they're they're releasing it like in downloadable mm-hmm. chunks. And it had four levels. I finished the first three levels. The third level took me like a month to beat, but because um, I'm a loser. But um, we're not good. But it but it's because I'm playing like five ten minutes at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angry Birds. Time, yeah. So much fun. I don't know, dude. It, so I. It, it, it was a surprise I didn't even know existed. I was like, ooh, and I got all excited and very reminiscent of my youth. Lovely. Yeah, lovely indeed. Lovely. Well, now we enter the, the Ron Richards segment uh, of the show. It's not my fault I'm the only one's taste. No, yeah, only, I didn't listen to all that much this year. <laughs> yeah, so uh, music. We want to get into music. We'll let Josh talk about his one band. and Then, then we'll, I, then we'll let Ron talk to Ron. And then Connor and I will go out for a smoke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was not a year where I found a lot that was new. The only thing that I started listening to a lot of was, was the Black Keys, who have been around for a really long time. And I, it's one of those things I'd heard about. And... and I actually grabbed some stuff and I started buying it backwards. I, I downloaded like their, a ma- their newest version? album, yeah. Attack and Release. That was the newest then. And I was like, this is okay. It was fine. And then, then I got the newest one, Brothers, that came out. That was I didn't really like that one that much. But then I went back and I got like the first and second albums. Fantastic. I was like, these are great because it's... You, you know how everybody was talking about the White Stripes as being this amazing band? I just could never get into it. Yeah, them. I never got it either. I yeah. just don't quite get it. There's a couple songs I like, all right. But overall, like I didn't buy it. Yep. Um, and these are white guys doing blues, this, you know, guitar and, and drums. That's all it is. Uh, but I buy it for some reason. I don't know what the difference is. I think it's maybe like partially voice, and it's the way those first few albums are produced. It's a, just a wonderful production. All I've been listening to for for months now because uh, it really is like the kind of music that I really like. And so I bought like every album and, and, and did the whole thing. But that's been the band that I've listened to constantly. Well, you find a band and then you buy all their shit. Like you, you, like, get, you lost in it. Yeah. Like Decemberists yeah. one year. Yeah. It's it's yeah. about two or three bands a year. It was yeah. Decemberists and Spoon one year. Yeah. It was. Uh, Last year, shins, one yeah, point, yeah. Well, the shins of I sort of went yeah. as they went yeah. actually. Yeah, no. Last year was the year of the Decemberists, and, and this year was the year of, of, of the Black Keys. I don't like listening to new stuff. I like to challenge myself. I like to try to find new stuff. I and, should have time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, well, music has always been something I've been interested in and stuff like that. So we'll, this will get into my couple albums that, or a few albums that, or bands that I discovered that were good. The most recent one, our friend. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw the title of the album. Yeah, <laughs> our, our most recent one uh, recommended by our friend Ryan, who works at Marvel, Agent M on Twitter. He told me he's like, you got to check out. He's like, there's a great. I just heard heard this great band called Iron Chic. And he's like, but they spell it C H I C. I'm like, oh, that's clever. And he sent me their record, and the album's called Not Like This. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. Com- I mean, I don't know. If it's, right, I don't know if it's comics. No, it's just funny. But um, really, really good. A Vale esque kind of punk hardcore. Like really, like a lot of fun. Just like, the songs are real. Like it was the kind of thing. And we went. We actually went to a show on Long Island, and they played. And I was and like a couple songs into it, I'm like, who is this? He's like, it's Iron Sheik. I was like, oh wow. And so then I went back and listened to the record. I'm like, wow, this is really good. So it's just like young guys just doing it, kind of like how back when I was in, you know, back in the '90s, like. It very reminiscent of that. Um, this so. next band's called Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Well, no. So, uh, so the next band. So we when, off. when we were in when we were in Seattle for Emerald City Comic Con, Connor, I made an ill-fated attempt to go get some burgers, and <laughs> I was listening to whatever KEXP, the radio station up in Seattle, and they played they played this song that was very repetitive and droney and noise poppy, and it just stuck in my head, and it was just. Um, uh, it, 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 um, it was just the, the lyrics were just you, uh, you make my heart explode over and over again and it was just like building an intensity I didn't hear who it was we came home I, three days later I couldn't get the song out of my head so I went to KXP's website and saw they list every song they play at what time and I figured out okay it was like around 3 o'clock so I was just looking I was listening to every song they played until I found it turned out it was a band called Terror Pigeon Dance Revolt 
which is a bunch of theater kids at a SUNY purchase. So I downloaded the record and it was amazing. It blew my mind. Just like weird kind of noise poppy party music. I finally got to see them in um, in August in San Francisco, and they play on the they set up on the stage, but the singer gets down on the ground. They have all these like Christmas decorations, and it's August in San Francisco, right? Christmas decorations and lights and all this sort of stuff. And it was one of the most interactive, like nonstop, everyone dancing, jumping up and down. The last song was that song that I heard. It's called Ride Friendship, where it's and the song is just over and over again. You make my heart explode. They pulled out this. They sewn together like eight bedspread blankets and made everybody hold it over their head to make like a roof and then right when the song started they turned it on and there's Christmas lights all strung throughout the blanket so there was like the ceiling and everyone's jumping up and down and the lights are it was, it was amazing it was a lot of fun um, they're, they're a little on the weird side but they're when you they're, like something you send it to everybody and yeah. you know like because you're really excited yeah. I just couldn't oh it's this so was, much fun this was, this was one of those because it's not me oh so good Walter Schreifels came out with, his, with a solo record this year. For those who don't know, he was in Gorilla Biscuits and Youth of Today in the 80s, and then he was in Quicksand in the 90s, all kind of hardcore metal kind of stuff. As the 2000s have come, he's kind of turned into like an elder singer-songwriter folk, but not, but still with that, but still with a bit of a rocking sense to it. It's not like, not what you think of when you think of singer-songwriter, like acoustic-y and boring and just kind of, you know, like that sort of thing. Um, this solo record was great. It was just, uh, it was nice to see him kind of evolve as an artist, to see somebody I've, I've been listening to for 20 years put out a really mature, really good record. Speaking of mature, uh, Super Chunk came out with a new record, their first one in like eight years. Super what does Super Chunk do in that time? I have no idea. They run Merge Records, okay, so the okay. people on Merge. They were doing Spoon and all that sort okay. of stuff. Yeah, so they, they were busy. But, um, but no, but like Super Chunk's uh, Here's Where the Strings Come In came out in 1995. That's one of my favorite like all-time records. That was 15 years ago. Yeah, no, I and so that. whenever a band like that comes back, it's like, ooh, well, I hope, I hope my, it's all right. My yeah. point is like, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of them, but they're not so big they can take 10 years off. Right, but th- <laughs> this, new, this new record, Majesty Striding, is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's like as if it was 15 years ago. It was really, really good. Another veteran band, uh, Bell and Sebastian, came out with a new record called Right About Love this past October. The last couple of Bell and Sebastian records were a little more funky, a little more rocking. This goes back to a little kind of more wissy, um, emotional, kind of Folk quiet, acoustic. quiet. Yeah, you know, and all the songs are about love. Carrie Mulligan sings on one song, Ooh. and yeah, and Nora Jones and stuff like that. But it was really, really, really nice. One of the best new bands I saw this year, um, I, I finally just saw live a couple weeks ago and heard the record when, right when it came out in the spring, a band called Sleigh Bells. They owe a lot to La Tigra, but it's mm. just, it's a, a, a girl singer and a guy on guitar, and like it's all drum samples and stuff like that, but really like energetic, ballsy, like loud, distorted guitars. When I saw them live, like like it was really loud. Like they mm. had the the guys playing guitar and he had three Marshall stacks. It, but I mean it, it I mean it were it, it yeah. with it was really really but they're really really good. Really kind of interesting. And finally the on, on first albums, I know we talked about the movie, but the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack is really good. You're not kidding. It's really really good. When they started playing I was like yeah. that is what Sex Bomb sounds like. No, well not even just the Sex Bomb songs, but like mm-hmm. the, which which uh, the songs Beck wrote for the for the yeah. movie were are fantastic. Yeah. Um especially the Ramona song and stuff like that. But like the Beachwood Spark song, mm-hmm. Frank you know, the Pixies and Frank Black and like all like every song on that on the soundtrack. It was I, it was really know. good, but I was I was looking for that one song they didn't put in the soundtrack from the film, which was the one that the ex-girlfriend sang, her band. Oh, it's on the yeah. soundtrack, but it's by, by Metric. Right, but I wanted, yeah, I yeah, wanted the version was good. In the, in no, I that's the out recently, there. I was like, that's it's good. out there. Yeah, it's out there, but it's not on the soundtrack. That's what the song I was looking forward to yeah, playing, yeah. and I was like, where yeah. is it? Black Sheep, yeah. Black, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, Metric was on, the Metric song is great. I mean, like, it's just a real, and of course, the go, Nigel Goodrich oh, supervised the music, and so clearly he did He's a great job. Radiohead, yeah, exactly. 
yeah. and other bands, but that's the one that I... Yeah. So that's it on albums. As far as live shows, last year I talked about Pains of Being Pure at Heart. That was my new favorite band that I loved. Yes. It took me until November of this year to see them live. It was live, a quest. Finally. You were it on was, a quest was, to see Because literally it was like, oh, they're playing San Francisco, and I'm in New York. Oh, oh they're playing New York. I'm and San I'm in San Diego. Oh, they're yeah. playing San Diego. I'm in San Francisco. It was like, it was... I, I couldn't... They were ducking you. Yeah, exactly. But yes. I, finally, I finally saw them in November, and it was awesome. They were just, you know, they, they owe a lot to my bloody Valentine, but in a good way, and it totally paid off. It was fantastic. I saw it at the Independent San Francisco, which is my favorite venue. It was just the perfect night. It was wonderful. Three shows really stood out that I got to see is that I got to see three bands that written off saying I would never, I missed them. I would never get to see them, and they got back together. The Beatles? No, not the Beatles. <laughs> um, so I saw Unrest in July when they played in Brooklyn at the Bell House. That's a band that was like legendary indie, stat- like college rock, teen beat records. Never, never thought they'd get back together. It was one of those things where like, oh, you missed it. But they got back together. It was it was a, a blast. Had a the, good time. The Police. No, Cap and Jazz, which is the guys who went on to do the Promise Ring and Joan of Arc and things like that. Another band that they'll never get back together, and lo and behold, they got back together and then toured. So I got to see them in San Francisco. That was amazing. It felt like I was a sophomore college again. It was, it was, uh, that was uh, awesome. And then the best one of all, Mac. the best one of all was uh, Guided by Voices. Which not so much a big deal because they've been away for a few years, but it was different lineups, things like that. But what made this guy by voice special was that they is the original lineup, and they're only playing songs from 1993 to 1996. So like you know when you go to you it's go your sweet to, spot, yeah, you know when you go see a show and 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 the band plays and they're like oh this is a new one, you're like oh or like this is that song off the album that you didn't really like, and I got to sit through it. This was from start to finish. Every song was perfect. Mm-hmm. Was uh, you knew it, and like the crowd was great, and it was. That's, uh, was, that's the band was, admitting that they had peaked and everything. Oh, absolutely, oh, absolutely, I love that. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of undercurrent there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but they're they're like in their they're they gotta be in their fifties. Like Robert Pollard's up there doing his karate kicks, mm-hmm. and at one point he had a bottle of Cuervo, a cigarette, and the mic, and he was <laughs> drinking, smoking, and singing all at the same time. It was yeah, like their their reputation for being you know hard rockers was you know totally Kate. Funny because when so. I hear the name. Guided by voices, I think it's Christian. Uh, yeah, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, so that the, 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 those are three shows that were definitely made the year as far as live shows. There you go. I'm all done. There you go. Take a breather. Take a breather. Have a cigarette and a Cuervo. Yeah. Comic books. We like to talk about comic books sometimes. So we figured we'd talk about some of our favorite books of the year. I'll start off with talking about Power Girl, which I named in one of our video shows as my favorite series of the year. Half of the year was the Palmiati Gray Connors part, and the other half was the Judd Winnick Sami Bossy part, and they were both excellent in their own different ways. The most fun book I read this year from was Power Girl. It was a good uh, choice to replace the, the original team then. Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you can't have the original team, sure. that was a good choice. Yeah. This was the year that I was able to celebrate finally the return of an ongoing Flash. You can feel good about. You feel good about it, buying it. Exactly. The, and not only did it return, but it was good. Uh, Jeff Johns and Francis Manipal. Francis Manipal. Uh, yeah, the story was Manipal. I mean, yeah. That was his art coming off of that adventure comic run with Superboy. Brought that kind of washed kind of uh, watercolor his new watercolor kind of style that he uses. Yeah. Yeah, which was just amazing, and and the story's been great. The shipping has been a little bit of a, a bit erratic, yeah, bit erratic. But, but every time it comes in, it delivers. So flat. It was great to have the flashback. And like I said on that same mini that we did talk about the best series of the year for me was Scalped. Every time I read an issue this year, I said this is the best series being published. Scalped uh, is always amazing this year. Every issue. Every issue the, was. You know, the Shunka storyline and Dash and, and Gina, the and Gina Carol breaking up. The gnawing actually ended. The last it? issue of it was the first was in January. Okay, but it did end this year. Yes, um, and then the Carol the breakup, yeah, not breakup. The, 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 will they get back together? For yeah, the all the stuff. The, the father showing up. Father stuff. Yeah. I just 
wonderful stuff. And then there was that one single issue of the the couple, the old couple who lived out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, That's the great thing about Skelp is it can take those those diversions. Yeah. Don't necessarily have anything to do with the main plot, but just builds the world. Wonderful. It's great great year for that book. I, it's it's better all the time, and it's awesome. Not content to talk about TV shows that have been canceled. I'll talk about a book that's been canceled. Picking up your trend from TV. Thor the Mighty Avenger, one of my favorite books of the year by far. All of us. Great. Yeah, all of us, yeah. Chris Sadly Omni canceled. Killed it. One more issue left to go. Chris Omni, Roger Langridge, just a non-continuity, all-ages Thor book that was so much fun. Yep. It is not what the market wanted. No. It's a tragedy. So, Funny and beautiful art from Chris Omni. Yep. I continue to realize that I'm, I'm actually a very large Spider-Man fan, yes. despite me denying it, and like, I'm finally accepting it. The combination of the one-two punch of Amazing Spider-Man continuing its great thrice-monthly schedule with the webheads and the, the, the writing collective. Got some great stories with the Spider-Man's rogues. And the then Grim lead, Hunt. Yeah, the, the Grim Hunt, and then leading into Dan Slott taking over as the full-time kind big of writer. Time. Big time, which started late in the year. It's just been, Amazing Spider-Man's been great. And then throw in, at the same time, Ultimate Spider-Man, which was my choice of the best series of the year, which is ships every month. Bendis still, you know, weaving great stories. You know, the the ultimate book that could. The and new then, art team injecting new life into the uh, book. I was just, yeah, add in that, add, that and the new the new status quo. Yeah, the, add in yeah, amazing yeah, friends. Yeah, add in La Fuente and Pacelli on art. Add in the characters and you know the Human Torch and Iceman joining the cast, and it's just been like it's the first book I read when it comes out that week. You know, when they had that chameleon storyline, you it know, was a hardcore. It was, and yeah. like, we know he's not. He's not going to die. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Still, but, we were still, like, but still, there's tense. always stakes. Stop yeah. ruining yeah. Peter's life. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. The, all the way through. Really, like no. this year, the whole year, there was a sense of, dang, this yeah. is very good. Does anyone notice this? This, this might know? be this might be the best year for Spider-Man in a while. Yeah. Think, yeah, yeah. In the whole. Yep. Uh, Chew. The, the image book that, that won an Eisner, for every reason it should, John Lehman and Rob Guillory are doing a book that is unlike any other. Uh, it really is one of those books that you're, you're spoiled by because each issue is imaginative and fun and it's, it's chock full of content that you don't necessarily see on first glance. And, they really and, play with the, with the storytelling yeah. devices. And, and they can like take you any way they want because there's, you, don't, you have no idea what to expect. And I love the, the freedom of that and the sort of surprises that come along with it. It's also a contained story, which means it's got an ending point in mind. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're getting a complete tale here. Yeah, and I, you know, just, I like the characters. I like everything about it. And uh, I, look, I, look, I look forward to each issue. Batman and Robin was sort of the flagship Batman book for a year of really great Batman books, especially towards the end with, with, with Jock and Detective and Batman Incorporated. But, but Batman and Robin was sort of the flagship, the Grant Morrison book that led the whole charge. Even with the rotating cast of artists, they were all good artists. Mm-hmm. You had Cameron Stewart, you had Fraser Irving, you had Fred Quiet Covers. Unfortunately, he didn't get back to do a Terriers. Andy Clark did a couple yeah. of really good issues. I mean, you had a really solid... Chris Burnham with a few pages. Been, you yeah, Burnham. On a bit. <laughs> Those pages were great. They were. So, for me, it was the best Batman book of, of a lot of book, Batman books and it had a lot of great art. Yeah, no, it was, it was fun every time. That, that relationship in that book is just the most fun thing out there. Yeah. So, only three issues in, but the best new series of 2010 for me was Uncanny X-Force. Lots of fun. Um, Remender and Opeña just killed it and did the unthinkable and take a te- you know put Daredevil, not Daredevil, put Deadpool and Phantom X on a team with Wolverine Archie. Angel and Psylocke and make it awesome. Tons and, of fun. And Opeña's art, like this is the best stuff Opeña's done and we've seen a lot of really good stuff from him from Fear Agent. Just great to, great to see Uncanny X-Force be like the complete surprise. I was fearing it when it, you know, when it was announced but it came out and totally delivered that for any mutant fan, X-Men fan, it's a dream. I know? fanboy staff writer Mike Romo texted me last night saying he picked up the first three issues and he was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yep, exactly. Amazing. It really is. It really it's is. a really fun book. Yep. Uh, no one, no one, I didn't want to buy a vampire book. <laughs> at all, uh, but when you take a vampire book and you make it a U.S. American history period piece, 
Well, then it turns out you got something. American there's Empire, your comic. There's, there's, your, there's your book. <laughs> American Vampire, Raphael Albuquerque and Scott Snyder writing the book with uh, Stephen King writing the, the sort of first arc backup story. Not even backup, but whatever. It's just the first, the first double arc. It was the dual yeah. arcs. Um, it's one of those books that's just solid and it's interesting and I don't know what's going to happen and I, I, you know, it's taken the vampire and, and, and made it into scary. a history And into a history piece. Where yeah, we, that too. We started off in the Old West now we're in the 30s. Yeah, we're basically in the 20s going, for in Hollywood for a little while. Going through the history of America through the vampires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it, well, we've been told there's promise of a greaser 50s vampire. Awesome. Yeah. Just great little cast of characters and a mythology that's going and you've got to learn you know, every time you do a vampire book, you can set your rules for what your vampires are. And in this one, there's different sort of breeds and offshoots of the vampires. And they have different abilities. You don't know what they can do, what yeah. they can't do. It's really and, fun. And, uh, and and Raphael Albuquerque is, is really a standout for this year, I think. Yes. He does 40 pages a month, I think. Jeez, that, he's insane. The, he's amazing. Yeah. Well, he did 40 pages. Now he's out of 32. They went right. back to standard size. And covers. Uh, Action Comics from Paul Cornell. One of the most fun books of the year. While Superman's on Walkabout, doing all kinds of... Not shipping on Strange time. things across America being condescending. Controversial. Being condescending, I was going to say. <laughs> Lex Luthor has taken over the reins as a star of Action Comics, and Paul Cornell's been using it as just Broad. a vehicle to explore Lex's relationship with other villains, in it, and it's been hilarious. Wacky. It's been a ton of fun. That Grodd issue, I think, was pick of the week. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to eat brains. Now, he's never eaten brains before. That's new, right? <laughs> I don't think so, but I'm not a Grodd expert. But That's fantastic. He certainly has never used a giant spoon to dig out brains. Mm-hmm. No. And, sure uh, and then the Vandal Savage, like, sort of pseudo-romance through time. Mm-hmm. Just come to my house and hang out. Why don't you just... Listen, <laughs> I've got your favorite stuff. <laughs> it's just been fun. It's been, it's been interesting to see every month what Cornell will do next. With mm-hmm. uh, Plus, we've also had the integration of death and the dreaming into, into this. Yeah. So that's... Bob Harris. <laughs> so uh, the, the, the stretch book for me of the year, the challenge book of me for the year that I didn't think I'd like that I actually fell in love with was The Six Gun from Money Press. Colin Bunn and Brian Hurt telling a Wild West slash mystical Hellboy esque. Totally story. not in your, your totally not in my wheelhouse no. at all. And it was it was the club fantastic. that did it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. No, the moment the moment the little logo was explained on the guns and then the history of it, I was that that's what pulled me in. Like the fact that these weapons have existed throughout time and they were they were you know like it, Brian Hurt's been know. doing fantastic work on the whole it. the whole book. It's just amazing. Yep. It's just, it's just show, it shows what two a great creative team doing you know creator own kind of stuff. Something they're passionate focus, about. Something yeah. they're passionate about. Focus and executing it really really well. It, it so. won me over with a big bearded character named Bill John. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's no. my favorite name of Bill the John. year. Yep. Bill John. <laughs> Mystery Society over at IDW by Steve Niles and Fiona Staples. Surprise of the year. Surprise of the year. Gotta be. Surprise of the year. We, who saw this coming? No one. I don't even know why I started I, to read this. I don't either. I, you know, I, I do know why. Paul Montgomery, our writer, raved about mm-hmm. it and I've never really loved anything mm-hmm. Steve Niles has written before. I've tried a bunch of things it just hasn't been my thing. Mm-hmm. But this was so much fun. Yeah, it's... Uh, and beautiful. Fiona Staples' art was wonderful. A couple of crazy adventures, some sort of mystical element. Edgar Allan Poe's brain. There's the, yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, Jules Verne's Jules brain. Jules Verne's brain, Edgar Allan Poe. Going for Edgar yeah. Allan's skull. Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. And there's like a, a government conspiracy thing with the two twins. Who, 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 well, I'm not going to say what it is. Yeah. But really, and it's a beautiful book. It doesn't look like anything else. Fiona Staples' has, name, I've like seen... a texture to it. Here and the there. Art. Yeah, it's a little ethereal. Yeah. Um... Re- really just enjoyable if you like Hellboy you should definitely read Mystery uh-huh. Society uh-huh. it's a little wacky it's yeah. a little fun romping for me this year was Irredeemable's return to greatness it was a great book in the beginning I thought it lulled in the middle faded a little yep. but this year with the whole story of taking down the Plutonium finally was a great like four or five issue and, and it looks run. like the end of this epoch or it yeah. could be possibly yeah. we'll see but I think for me the, the, for, I was happy because Irredeemable was one of my favorite books it lulled and now it's back 
yeah. to being really good. Mm -hmm. uh, the event of the year for me was uh, the Day Tripper miniseries uh, mini from Vertigo with the with the brothers. Yeah, uh, it was so Bond, good. Fabio Moon. Yeah, it was just. Uh, I mean, they're they're just amazing creators, and they've been doing great art on books like Casanova and the Umbrella Academy and things here and there. But to see them write something, to know that, that you know they're the leaders of that Brazilian contingent, basically, and you know, and just to write something so evocative and so beautiful, each story different than the one before it, and just oh, it was just great. And it's like it was like, yeah. like, a, like a like a poetry exercise yep. almost, yep. and it's just like. Just little different takes on things, and, and just see what comes out on that page and these yeah. little stories. It's almost comic book jazz. Yeah, to yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, that's a very yeah. good point. Yeah, um, they got the jazz. <laughs> oh no, but it, they're gonna start building shit. Yeah, and, yeah and, I know exactly. And freeing towns. You know, it's never from, good when they get the jazz. <laughs> for me, <laughs> for me lately, from a mainstream perspective, I, I haven't been into too many of those comics. But uh, if I was gonna pick some, Hulk and Thunderbolts. It's oh, been Jeff so, Parker's year. So good. Uh, and then with Gabriel Hardman and Kev Walker, and, and a little Declan bit of Declan Shalvey. Uh, on those books I have I have just enjoyed the hell out of those I really thought Thunderbolts was done I was like yeah. okay let it go resuscitated it back yeah, oh man uh, it did it's they, a great book there yeah. was that there was you know like having Luke Cage again like that's like that's not gonna work yeah. and, it, and it totally worked you put crossbones on the team whatever it is that perfect balance of stuff came together and there was that great scene with John Walker who was U.S. agent, who is missing limbs now, and he yeah. beat the snot out of somebody from his wheelchair. Oh, a bunch of somebody's, like a group yeah, of somebody's. Yeah. Those have all been a Man lot of thing, fun. a bunch of elements yeah. you just wouldn't have thought of. Unlike yeah. Juggernaut. I mean, it's like Uncanny totally X-Force a little bit. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's just, it's been a great title. And then, and then go over to Hulk, another book oh, that I've Jesus. never cared about. And, and really, I, I mean, like, it's, it's been so much fun. Yeah. I care. Uh, I know you do. I know you do. Gabe Hardman has become one of my favorite artists recently. I just picked up Heathen Town because of it, so I'm going to make sure to read that. Yep. It's just like the sort of the uh, what's what happens when a prisoner comes out of prison and they're rehabilitated? For the for the rehabilitation of Red Hulk, sort yes. of, yep. is yep. what it's about, and and he's now got to deal with everything that he wrecked in the. In he's he's going to work Jeff in a Loeb supermarket, live, yeah. live in a little little apartment that <laughs> carves his name into the he's wall. He's Henry Hill. So, oh, <laughs> but no, that you guys have all like I everybody. Love Hulk. Yes, Hulk is fantastic. And and we have, when it, when in the years that we've been doing this, we ever all liked the Hulk book. This no, never it's, happened. It's unlike, yeah, so unlikely. Um, so that that's something special. Yeah. So those are the comics we liked this year. <laughs> and usually at the end of the show, we like to mention three people we think have been some of doing the best, some of the best work in comics. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start and pick Jason Aaron between Scalped, Wolverine, the first Wolverine Weapon X book, yep. the second Wolverine book, yep. Astonishing Wolverine and Spider-Man. Yep. He showed a great range because Scalp is not like Astonishing Wolverine Spider-Man, which is almost a humor book. Yep. It's not like Wolverine. They're all different and they're all fun. Yep. He, she, he proved to me this year that he can write superhero books. Oh, he, he can yeah. totally write yeah. superhero books. Yeah. So I don't think. Yeah, there was no question about. Well, that. no, for me it was a little. I mean, I, you know, like uh, you know, like there's the the Wolverine Weapon X stuff started last year and it was you know somewhat going the kind of gritty kind of stuff, but like the Astonishing book blew my mind and you know. But even towards the end in Wolverine yeah. Weapon X, he got really funny with the yeah. big team. Up with the thing and Spider-Man, yeah, like he's, yeah. he's a very funny I guy. He's a guy who came in like I don't know if he came into his confidence this year, but I he think was he did, like yeah. this year he was yeah. like I got this. Yeah, you know I can do it. I, he had a great run on Ghost Rider the year before. Yeah, and and this was the year he just sort of let it all go, and and uh, he's only going to get better. Been really good. I would pick Jeff Parker. A guy whose whose work I'd been aware of before and never really got into too much, sort of like we were talking about with Steve Niles. But from the underground to Thunderbolts to Hulk, I've really dug his work this year, and like he's been around for a while. And you've been critical of him over the years. Atlas, yeah, yeah. yeah Atlas. I know I'm gonna go read it again. But no, I mean I tried to read Atlas. I'd read issues of it, and I just didn't really like it for whatever reason. Well, it's funny because I loved him on X-Men First Class. Yep, yep. I wrote an article at Fanboy calling it the best X-Men book we can publish. It right. was so much fun. It's mm -hmm. almost in the same vein as Hulk. 
Yeah. yeah. In that it's, it's just a fun superhero. I, you know, like I liked it, but it yeah. didn't connect with me before. But all that stuff that's been coming out. No, he's had a, he had a great year. Yeah, yeah. he had a great year. He, this is, this, he yeah, went up a, a notch. Yeah. yeah, totally. So that was really good to see. For me, you know, we've probably named them before, and I've got it's been every year. I believe it's been, it, it's been every year, but I, I still got to go. Brian Michael Bendis, and admittedly, I admit I'm a fan. I've been a fan of his for ten plus years now. How many but, books is he writing? No, but if you look at what he did this year in terms of you know get starting off the year with Siege, finishing off that major Avengers you know kind of epoch, and then starting it back up again with Avengers New Avengers and you know and really kind of building the Avengers you know in line with the movies that are going to start coming out the Avengers being the core book for Marvel but at the same time continue with Ultimate Spider-Man we talked about it a little earlier but then also his first creator own book in 10 years Scarlet came out and was great has been great although haven't seen an issue in a while <laughs> you know announced you know the Middle going to come out next year but announced he's you know doing um, all ages Takio graphic novel like he really and you cared. guys really enjoyed Powers this year yeah, when, pa- it, when, when it came it, out when it came out exactly they kind of got put on the back burner yeah it did but the thing is that he really cares about the comic book industry and yeah, shows yeah. it I mean like he's you know he's a proponent of supporting your retailers and ordering and, and all that sort of stuff and he's honest and if you follow him on Twitter he's a little wacky and can barely spell but you know like I think he's one of the best amb- ambassadors comic has so. but he's doing a ton of books all at a high yeah. level I mean, yeah, how many exactly. he's doing like six or seven he books he yeah. need to at this point yeah no, but he, he does because he wants comics. to yeah because yeah, yeah. he can't stop yeah exactly and I mean if you even even just go back to like the ending of the Avenger, New Avengers finale was that a was what a finale. wonderful yeah. ending and then these yeah. are hard yeah oh, up to recently New Avengers number seven which was fantastic mm-hmm. and you know and, and, and like and, and, and also a big thing which I don't want to miss out is the cultivating of artists and supporting yeah. of artists you know um, you know in terms of work, we work Ramita Jr. on Avengers is kind of easy and imminent makes it look easy in New Avengers but then on Ultimate Spider-Man giving LaFuente and Pacelli a chance and then branching out letting McKelvey and Scotty Young and, and Joel Jones and you know and they announced Somni's going to do an issue like it's like he's yeah. really honestly I think one of the best people in the industry but it's weird because like the past couple of years have been doing different he had like you know he's like my Diodato and yeah. things like that and he's sort of Switch now the other way with some of the artists he's working with now stuff that I like a lot yeah meaning that I hadn't before I guess oh, he, had no, great, right. he had a great, great year great, great, yeah, great, yeah, yeah, totally. I had a great idea I didn't like Dark Avengers but mm-hmm. fair so enough so that, is, that is our all media show can I can we, uh, check out ifanboy.com you can make a comment on all of these things on Ron's albums <laughs> and, and uh, you can read the pick of the week review there is no pick of the week show this week if you're listening to it at this time you can read that review on the site um, and all the other stuff that goes up there make sure to check out the social network links and things like that on ifanboy.com slash about and the video show of course is going to continue this last week's show was the best, best of 2010 yes. and next week is the book of the year we go through all of our books of the month and decide which book out of those, is the book of the year. I think it's going to be shocking. And it may surprise you. It's going to be shocking. I think it will. Yep. Bad one. Yeah, Connor. Oh, it's me. You can email us, contact.fanboy.com, leave us a voicemail, 888-FANBOYS-326-2697. Any questions, comments, concerns, we use them on the audio show, sometimes on the video show, sometimes just for our own amusement. <laughs> and if you like what we do, and we hope you do because you've been sticking around all year, go to iTunes, write a review. It helps people discover the show and, uh, and get a good feel for what they're going to subscribe to and download. And tell your friends, tell everybody that you listen to, you know, hey, this is a great podcast. I go to this great website, fanbo.com. We are nothing without your support, so we want to thank everybody for a great year. Literally. Um, we really appreciate uh, everybody who tunes in and listens, and thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts. It's been a good year. 2010 was a good year. It has been, yeah. I'm satisfied with the media intake for this year. I saw more than I expected I would have. I picked up at the end, I think, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Good year, though. Fun stuff. All right, so until next year, uh, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I am Joshua Adam Flanagan. What's your social security number? Is it Adam? Five, two, six. (laughs) I didn't know it was Adam. Look at him. I ain't like old St. Nick. He don't come but once a year. Oh, 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 oh. I ain't like 
Yeah. 